welcome to the Headstuff Podcast. It's it's been a while. Uh, hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. Hey, Hi. Let's all say hello. Um, yeah, we haven't done a podcast in quite a while, and uh, that's because we don't know what we're doing with it. But we decided we better do our annual Oscars podcast. So uh, we've brought together a table of experts. Uh, I hope they're all comfortable with that. Um, so we have Richard Drum. Hello. We have Peter Morris. Hello. Jed Murray. Hello. Emer Gavin. Hello. And Claire Byrne. Hi. This is uh, the Oscar nominations for 2017, um, and if anyone listened to the podcast we did last year, um, one of the subjects that dominated the podcast was the hashtag Oscars So White. So, uh, Jed, is it is it very different this year? Uh, yeah, I think like I think they've clearly made an effort to try to not have it just be a bunch of white people uh, after it was pointed out, and I don't know how much of that is genuine or how much of that is just bad publicity and them trying to make people stop shouting at them. I think that one of the things they did was they took in a bunch of new members to try and get more women and non-white people. Uh, but at the same time, like it's not like that was a huge influx. I was reading there, it went from like, I think 25% women to like 26.8% women, even mm. with that influx. So it's not like... It's less than that, actually, I think. It's so, yeah, it's still I think something it's 25% small. overall women and non-whites. That's what it is. Oh, oh no, it's now. a little more than that. Or maybe if you're counting... Yeah, I can't remember. But yeah. it's something... It's still not enough that it's like, oh, that explains why there's a bunch of non-white people uh, nominated. Uh, but I feel weirdly... Like, I feel bad saying this because it's almost like when you hear about someone in the States who really resents, like, affirmative action or something being like, ah, that's the only reason these films are there. Because, like, the stuff that's nominated for Best Picture... A lot of them are about non-white characters and not just that they're non-white characters, but stories specifically about like the black experience in America in some form. Um, but at the same time, they're really Oscar-y. Like, it's not like they had to scramble to find a bunch of movies this year that like, oh shit, what can we nominate for Oscars? Like, I think they are all worthy of being yeah. there for, for this year. Uh, well, I don't I like some of them, but like... I would say I, the, yeah, the only one for me that strikes me as really not... Oscar, like I don't think they had the Oscars in mind when they made Moonlight. They just made it, and mm. it yeah. was yeah. what it was. That feels very genuine. Yeah, movie, yeah, very genuine. Whereas for me, I find Hidden Figures doesn't belong up there as an Oscar-y movie. Oh, but I think it's super Oscar-y though. Like I can see, I like I haven't seen Hidden Figures, but I can see why yeah. just from seeing the trailer. Like but yeah, even that looks like Oscar bait. Exactly, but it's it's even lacking in its Oscar baitness. I think there's one. <laughs> there's even one like outburst you know there's only one outburst and one kind of you know big Oscar moment well you would love that fences, wasn't even good it's nothing <laughs> but that <laughs> well if, if if to put a devil, devil's advocate hat on it w- w- would anyone say that something like Fences or, or a movie like that is a cynical attempt at trying to uh, jump in on the on the controversy of last year well I think Fences was started around 2013 they tried to start making the production of it and I think Denzel brought it to the stage and did it as a stage play for a little while first before turning it into a film. Well, So I think that it would have been well in the process a long time ago, I think. Well, but it was a stage play since the 80s, though. Mm. Like, And uh, the, the play, I can't remember the player's name offhand, but he died, I think, 2004 or five after finishing, I think, a first draft of the screenplay. Yeah. Uh, and I think Denzel's, he's been in it on stage a lot. And my understanding is pretty much since 2005, he's been trying to get it made. Mm. Uh, so, and he directed it. So I do think it's, that's been a, a pet project of his for a long time so now that's not to say someone didn't fund it because of it fund it because of it but like at the same time I'm amazed it took that long to make that movie because it's mm. you've got a big star who wants to make it and be in it mm. and it's basically all set in a house there's a few, very few scenes 
I've heard I haven't seen it but I've heard it's it's a stage play on on screen it's not yes, it, it's, it's not very cinematic we'll say no there's there's nothing in the direction of it but I I mean more how just long? on a production level like I I'm amazed that it took that long to mm. get that made like mm. how long did it take to get made uh, well, if I'm right, I think it was about 2005 that the guy died. So right. since then, uh, he's been trying to get it made. Right. So I think what so there are there are some of the films that are in this year. <laughs> but what what movies were overlooked by the Oscars this year? Uh, Richard, John we were. I think me and Jed both agreed beforehand that The Witch definitely should have been up yeah. for probably what best picture, best screenplay, costume. Uh, I certainly think production, production design, design sound, at very least. Sound. Yeah. Uh, score but like a big part of that movie is because the guy comes from a, uh, I can't uh, uh, Eggers what is David Eggers uh, uh, something Eggers yeah um, <laughs> half that's right anyway but he comes from a production design background as well like so it's and so meticulous and it creates that world like it's not just a period piece or, or mm. you know something with elaborate costumes it's so meticulous in how it creates that world and how it brings you into this uh, for the purpose of that story put you in the mindset of these pilgrims like it at very least deserves that and I thought it was one of the best films came out last year Yeah, no, that came out near the start of the year would it be affected by it not coming out in Oscar season um, well, so did Florence Oscar yeah, whatever it's called I really have that much that doesn't matter Meryl Streep is in it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure what the cycle is exactly but like those other films came out around that time like The Lobster that's up for stuff yeah. mm. I, I think it was just Overlook like. I would have okay. Hell or High Water came out very yeah. it's not like merch okay merch. I think it's more the genre like horror films never do well the Oscars no yeah. that's why Arrival even being there surprising sci-fi doesn't usually get in there I'm not, I'm yeah, not surprised horror. it's overlooked but I would have loved to have seen uh, I Daniel Blake get some kind of mm. yeah that's up for nothing isn't it yeah yeah it's not even mentioned. was that released in the US yet oh, I don't know but it's like it, I don't think it's really gotten any big it won, it won BAFTAs it won, oh, it won BAFTAs, BAFTAs. Yeah. well yeah. it won Best British Film which is, yeah, well, it's kind it's of probably going to be nailed yeah. down but what about pop star? Never stop, never stopping. That was hilarious. Oh, that was I'm not joking. Like <laughs> that's a fucking film. amazing film. Yeah, it was it's very a really funny. funny film. Yeah. You've been pushing that pop star agenda for a while. I still <laughs> yeah, haven't yeah, watched yeah. it, but uh, it's it it is meant to be very good. It's but. fantastic. Like I'm amazed at flop. There's like one or two things that you're like, oh, that joke isn't for me or whatever. But like, it's very rewatchable. I can attest to that, and it's just a great kind of really fun satire. That's. Uh, knows what it's satirizing very well and is kind of like an organic updating of basically Spinal Tap for mm. the modern kind of pop song like he's kind of a Macklemore Justin Bieber type yeah. crossover yeah, yeah there's social media and like the, all that kind of sponsorship tie-ins and they take the piss out of the mandatory U2 album everyone got or <laughs> Macklemore's like gay rights yeah. song that he started off with a verse about how he wasn't gay <laughs> not gay yeah. like yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just really really funny and really on the money in and that he's, very, he's kind of likeable in it as well sometimes I can hate Handy Sandberg right, I get right. really sick of him but and that I thought was brilliant mm. uh, just to throw in my two cents I thought it was terrible uh, <laughs> and I am an Andy Sandberg fan but it is no hot rod <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> there is I was disappointed in it. There is often um, there's funny bits, a, but disappointing. It's very funny. Shut up, Hamer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wrong. Oh, I know you. You love <laughs> funny movies. Um, <laughs> there is often a call for more comedy movies to be uh, nominated in the best film category, um, and and even sometimes calls for a comedy category itself. Uh, but there's not often such such a shout for action movies. So somebody mentioned John Wick. There should there be an action movie category? Mm. Well, maybe Deadpool. Year. Deadpool. There was a bit of Oscar buzz yeah, about right. it. Maybe back really around pushing that one. And we had it. Mad Max last yeah. year for Best mm. Picture, right. which yeah. is that deserved all the awards. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it should really be taken out from Best Picture. 
as in to have its own category right. for best yeah. action. But I think best picture is best picture. Like I know the way the the Golden Globes do best musical mm. and then uh, best musical or comedy and then best drama, which I think kind of divides it a little bit. You know, to say that you oh I won the best drama and Golden Globe, it's like well you didn't win the best overall film yeah. we'll say but it the is Martian more heavily weighted like yeah it's very one. rare that you'd get a lot of comedies in though it's always the kind of weightier films that that get in the best films so that so maybe that's a reason why well yeah or if it's a comedy it's lost in translation or yes. some it has mm. to be a comedy that feels worthy in some sense it can't yeah. just be something that's oh that's just really funny and that's really difficult to do as well like. it has to be like a dramedy yeah it has to be yeah. something like that yeah. well Birdman was a kind of a comedy yeah. it was a little bit it was that kind of I know Birdman yeah that's true but it, I wouldn't mm-hmm. know if it's you could call that a dramedy if you wanted a dramedy sorry Manchester by the Sea is pretty funny so. <laughs> <laughs> it but is Birdman is still it like is, a yeah. pretentious comedy yeah, yeah it's got yeah. a great yeah, yeah. script and the dialogue between them there's some good comedy it's Manchester by the Sea well there is yeah. but yeah it's, it's not right, funny yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny but there is some good comedy in it the, in between the dead families it's very funny well like there is one really like one bit where I did laugh yeah you know in the this is like first 20 minutes I'm assuming it's okay to say you know the bit where the kid goes in to see his father's corpse. Yeah. yeah. And just, he's not sure if he wants to see it and he just walks in the door. I was like, oh, I'm yeah. good. No, thank you. Yeah, and like, yeah there's comedy instantly. in the realness of it. Like, there's yeah. co- and like my favorite line that whole film is when, I think it's in a flashback and they're talking, someone mentions the kid's mother and uh, and his, what's his name? His character just goes, ah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> and they like take his accent. It's just brilliant. Yeah, the like the, just the cursing throughout, and the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the the, the but there's relationship. A great, there's a great the rapport families. between, yeah. e, but yeah. even between the your man who's up for best supporting actor, Lucas Hedges, and um, and Casey Affleck is brilliant. They yeah. kind of have a great kind mm. of um, back and forth between the two of them. Uh, so both of them are, should be up there. Well, unless anyone has any other movies that uh, were overlooked, let's just move straight into that category then. The uh, best. Oh, Green Room. Sorry. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love and Friendship. I, don't I haven't seen that actually. What was that one? Love and Friendship with Kate Beckinsale. That was actually really good. Yeah, Irish production company mm-hmm. too. We would have right. all been <laughs> rallying behind the flag if that was nominated. <laughs> well, yeah, Green Room was definitely yeah. one that I saw that I thought was really, really, really good. Green Room was just unbelievably good. Yeah, I think it's too brutal for the Oscars. So was Hacksaw Ridge though, really. Like, Hacksaw Ridge but was like, incredibly gorgeous. the first half of Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, which I suppose it's very schmaltzy you know, and yeah, pastoral. Yeah could skip all of that and just jump straight into the second I agree mm-hmm. but also <laughs> the Green Room for me was, was definitely one of my films of the year I, I mm. absolutely loved it but yeah. I suppose what with Hacksaw Ridge it's a lot more the violence of war as opposed to someone being violent if you know yeah. what well, I mean there's, a, there's sometimes the a difference the like that yeah, it's well it's a, it's a period piece about World War II yeah. Like, yeah. instead of let's say a uh, a guy going down in a one take you know, let's say we say old boy doing a, an amazing like action scene really violent the Oscars kind of overlooked just mm. plain old violence. <laughs> so, act, actor in a supporting role. We have this name that's going to be difficult to pronounce all night, but Mahershala Ali. Mahershala. Mahershala Ali. For Moonlight. Jeff Bridges for Hell or High Water. Lucas Hedges in Manchester by the Sea. Dev Patel in Line. And Michael Shannon in Nocturnal Animals. So, um, let's just start with uh, Dev Patel in Line because, Emer, I believe you're the only one who's seen this film. So, does he have a chance? Hold on, hold on. First, uh, is he a supporting actor? Yes. Is I think he? they've pushed... He was only in the second half of the, mil- of the film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I suppose that's why he's put in support. Okay. Uh, they're all supporting the little kid, right, basically. Okay. I think he's the lead, but he's not nominated for the lead. 
Okay. Oh. So. And should he be? Was he overlooked? No. Okay. <laughs> he wasn't overlooked. <laughs> <laughs> he's very, he's very cute and he's a lovely kid. And the whole first half of that movie is actually better. Unlike basically, if you put Hacksaw Ridge, his second half is better, and Lions' first half is better. And so splice them together. Would they work? We could be looking at some amazing Oscar <laughs> mashups. <laughs> and Fidel, does he have a chance? No, not against Lucas Hedges, Michael Shannon. Or any of the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking, I was like, or Jeff Bridges, or uh, Mahershala Ali. <laughs> well, you, you've all seen uh, Moonlight, Nocturnal Animals, and Manchester by the Sea. So let's just open it up to the floor and uh, find it out. What do you What do you think? Mm. Well, I think Michael Shannon for Nocturnal Animals. I mean, he's a, he's an amazing actor. He really, really is. And an interesting thing about that film is that um, Aaron Taylor Johnson was nominated and won the Best Golden Globe for Supporting Actor. When it came to the Oscars, Michael Shannon got nominated. Now, I actually think Aaron Taylor-Johnson was better in Nocturnal Animals. He plays a real, mm. real psychopath. And that first scene uh, when they're in the car. stopped mm-hmm. uh, on the side of the road by, by his character is just unbelievably yeah, yeah, intense. Yeah, it's, true, it's a crazy, crazy scene. Yeah, Whereas Michael Shannon is pretty Michael Shannon-y. Yeah. In it. He's that kind of real drawn, you know, that kind of that look that he has, which is brilliant look. But he's very, very good in it. But it's just interesting that... It does feel weird Johnson that Johnson didn't get it. Well, it also feels weird that, like, I think Michael Shannon's great in it, but he's great in everything, and it felt weird that that's the one he got the nod for. Mm. Like, uh, what was mm. the, I, I'm, uh, mid, what's it no, called? Midnight, Midnight Special. Midnight oh, Special, Midnight I thought special. he was better in last year. Was this year, year. Like, last he year. was really good. That was early this year. Was it? Was it? Maybe no, it was I released in America last year, I can't remember. Um, Michael was Shannon it? was in Loving for, like, a minute. Yeah. One scene. Yeah. And he was really nice. Like it was a lovely character, and then he just was. He's a he's a Jeff Nichols favorite, isn't he? He's been yeah. in, he's been in all these films. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 but I do have to say, although I have brushed past, I did answer the question: Is has he been overlooked or will he win? Dev Patel. Yep. No, he won't win, but he was very good. <laughs> I okay. didn't say that. <laughs> okay. But he's um, good. One of the favorites does seem to be Mahershala Ali. Is, is he yeah. is he in with a shout? He was not in it as much as I thought he was going to be. Mm. And I was actually kind of good. But, and it was like, and I can't say anything more really, can I? Well, I like that. Like, I don't think it's a huge spoiler to say. Like, Moonlight because it... Let's just say spoiler alert before we talk about anything like that. Just say it and then it's fine. That kind okay. of... Good well, little. it's not really a plot spoiler. No. As in, it's not like... I'm going to spoil it. I'm going to Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So I loved how subtle it was that that character died and you didn't figure it out really until... Did he die? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It was so dead? subtle yeah. because it was... Um, I thought he was in jail. Someone thought, no, it was oh, like, fuck. I haven't seen oh. you since the funeral. And then, <laughs> but guy. like that was the mm. only, it was like a very yeah. fleeting line. And it took me like a, like a good half hour after that moment to actually figure out why aren't we seeing him anymore? Really? Yeah, it was oh. really subtle and it, it meant that your one played by, oh my God, what's her name, that singer? The one Janelle who's also, yeah, and yeah, she's also yeah. in Hidden Figures. And yeah. that she was by herself. And so That's is why he. they kept mm. mentioning that character by yeah. herself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like the fact that you felt him by his absence too. Yeah. And because, the, like, Moonlight is basically in three acts, like, in each time there's a time jump. So it's, mm. Act one is when this character's a kid, then when he's a teenager. Yeah, then you were waiting man. for Mahershala to appear in each one and you're like, it was great that his, yeah, it was just. Yeah, but I, I think that kind of hammers home a thing about Moonlight that I liked, which is it does feel like uh, memories in terms of even mm. how it's shot and how the score it feels so fucking vivid. Yeah. And just having someone be this like huge figure who then like disappears from your life. It's like, yeah, that kind of feels like a good choice on the part of the filmmakers, you know? Yeah. 
Was uh, Lucas Hedges the, the great find of 2016? He should win, I think. I think he one. should win yeah. as well. I was going to say, like, Mahershala <laughs> did a brilliant, like, he's brilliant in Moonlight, but I think Lucas Hedges is in Manchester by the sea. Yeah. It's just so natural. Right? Yeah. You know, you didn't ever think that this was just some young, out of nowhere actor. Mm. He just, the rapport between him and everybody, and actually just the whole movie, everyone's just really good together. And he's funny in it. He's got really good, he's just really good in it. Mm. <laughs> mm. I think if I was giving, if I was, if I, anything that I'd like Moonlight to get actor wise, it would have been one of the boys. So it's kind of ups, like, it's kind of annoying that they're not up for anything. Mm. Well, <laughs> according to the odds, Lucas Hedges is the least likely to win. Really? Ah. He's uh, number five. Is Jeff uh, Bridges up? Jeff Bridges is the third favourite. See, I just don't, I can't even, rem- like, he was just Jeff Bridges. It's like you were saying about yeah. Michael Shannon, he was just Jeff Bridges. Like, he was great and all, but I don't know. But that's the problem, Nothing isn't it? Like, Jeff Bridges and Michael Shannon, they're, they're much like louder performances that yeah, are more yeah. obvious. Whereas but even Lucas Michael Hedges Shannon, so natural, I, thought that he, I thought that his character was, like, a lot, I don't know, was much more developed than Jeff Bridges. I don't know. I don't know if I was even a big fan of Hell or High Water, but... I think Ben Foster would have been stronger than Jeff Bridges yeah, in definitely. Hell or High Water as well, and yeah. he's not yeah. there. Because yeah. Jeff Bridges was just... Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges, well, Jeff Bridges. <laughs> yeah, but Ben Foster showed another side of him. I, I really like Jeff Bridges in that. I thought his... Um, I don't know, just the gait and his kind of mannerisms and his... his I don't know, just the so way he moved and stuff and his party. little grunts and moans and stuff he makes mm. are just... You know, I suppose he's been doing it like that for a little while. It's kind of similar enough to True Grit or something like that. But, um, but uh, he was very, very good. But I think for me, I, I, I think um, Herschel Ali should win. Okay, so let's that, let's so. let's go around the table then and get who who will win and who you'd like to win. So we'll start with you then, Peter. So will win. I would like as in who you, who you think the Oscars will yeah. pick and who you'd like to win. Okay, so I think Herschel Ali should win for Moonlight. And I think he will win. I think he'll, okay. I think he'll get the Oscar, yeah. All right, Jed? I'm the same. I like uh, uh, Lucas Hedges in Manchester by the sea a lot as well. I think it's not that I disagree with anyone, but yeah, I just think Mahershala Ali was fucking amazing in that movie and I'm happy to hear he's the favourite. So. Okay. Emer? I, who do I think will win? Yes. <laughs> um... I can never really. I'm always just throwing out guesses every year. I'm like, yeah. oh, it could be them because they always surprise me. I think De- Dev Patel could, depending on how that film is. He's the second ranked. favorite. Yeah, after so Mahershala Ali to win. But should I think he should? No, I, I would be going for Lucas Hedges. Lucas Hedges, okay, Claire. Oh uh, yeah, I think Mahershala. Oh sorry, Mahershala Ali. I think he will win. Okay. Definitely, and then. Personally, I'd love to either see Lucas Hedges or Michael Shannon. I just really liked Michael Shannon. Right. That was great. Uh, Richard? Uh, same, yeah. Shannon or Hedges would like to see win, but I think it'll be I think it'll be Dev Patel. I think it, he seems like a very Oscar-friendly winner to have, so I can see it being him. Okay. Well done, everyone. Pat yourselves on the back. Let's move <laughs> on. <laughs> so, actress in a supporting role. We have Viola Davis in Fences, Naomi Harris in Moonlight, Nicole Kidman in Line. Uh, Octavia Spencer in Hidden Figures and Michelle Williams in Manchester by the Sea. So uh, this time I'll I'll go to Jed first because you're the only one who's seen Fences. So <laughs> Viola Davis has is she with a shout? Yeah, I think she I think she's regarded odds wise as just a complete shoe in on this as well. And she is fucking really really good in uh, in Fences as well. Uh, partially because she's not talking the whole time, so she can react to <laughs> things and you can have shots of her doing things other than monologuing. 
Uh, but Viola Davis is great, and I think it's gonna. Yeah, I think it's gonna go to her. Has she won an Oscar already? Um, Has she offered the help. Is the that, help. Is that I the think. same? I yeah. can't remember if she won. Mm. No I'm one around the table. I look. I look it up now in a minute. But Emer, um, you're you're the only one who's seen Nicole Kidman. So uh, is she is she a shot or? I don't think so. Like, she's fine in it. Um, she's got a great hairstyle that puts her right back in the eighties. <laughs> but as far as the acting, she's got a very small part again, like Dev Patel. This is why they're both supporting, obviously. But uh, no, I mean. I'd be going with uh, Numi Harris for best if I was to jump. I'm jumping the gun already, but <laughs> to win. Okay. Well, everyone has seen Moonlight. What does every, what does everyone think? Naomi. What is it? Naomi. 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 It is Naomi. Naomi Harris. She was brilliant. Mm, she was fantastic. I think. Yeah, I'd like to see her win this one. I think, but because her accent entirely vanished, which is impressive for someone which yeah. is a strong British accent. Yeah. And just there are scenes where she'd switch between being like drug adult and never mind to being like this very caring angry mother figure on like the drop of a hat and it was really impressive so I think yeah, she I think she, she kind of shifted her her character a lot in terms mm. of yeah. what she was doing obviously you know there's that one amazing scene where she's trying to get the money off uh, off Chiron yeah. it's yeah. just an absolutely it's intense terrifying. scene it's yeah. about five minutes and it's really really intense but it's it's, it's it was shot in a certain way. I think uh, yeah. the director shot it at uh, a really high frame yeah. rate and it's real with the pink in light your coming face. Out the and there's mad pink light as well. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it, a, it's a great performance. It, yeah, it was well directed, yeah, that kind of mixing in slow-mo and letting the kind of audio drift out and stuff. But yeah, she's great. And like you were saying, Richard, like it's really impressive how she can flip between uh, kind of moments where she feels like, yes, like she's lucid and she's this guy's mom. And others where she's just completely overri- overridden or overridden by this mm. addiction, which f- feels true to life in terms of. Mm. And even uh, in like the third act of it, when she's like playing the older version of herself, mm. more mellow and like yeah. it felt like a different performance again, even. Mm. And in the first, when you meet her, you're not mm. necessarily. She's more motherly in the first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's it three was, different characters. It was really nice to see her in that role too, because I'm well personally, I'm used to seeing her very kind of well dressed and well put together. Like I know she's been a Bond, James but. Bond, yeah. As far as I can remember, she's been other things too, where she's quite like, yeah, I suppose she's British as well, but like, I don't know, it just was, I didn't recognize her at first, and she really transformed herself mm. for and then to transform herself three times within the film, I just thought it was brilliant. I didn't realize it was her at all until, until yeah, very near the end, minutes, I kind yeah. of figured it in. Michelle Williams is in it as well. She's nominated. Which is bizarre. She's I think only she's in like it for like six minutes of six screen minutes. time. Yeah, but she bangs it out though. Oh, she's yeah. fantastic, but it's not. The one scene with the pram and she's talking to him mm. later on in the she film is She just does is what intense, she does really well, which is like really, I don't know, really gut-wrenching acting. Vulnerable. Like, and yeah. yeah. But is again, there something very, about very that short. though that about about the amount of minutes people are actually in films and things. Wasn't there something about Anthony Hopkins in The Science of the Lambs? 17 minutes in the lead after mm-hmm. Oscar. Yeah. yeah and and Judy Dench, I think, in, in, oh, Shakespeare, in Shakespeare Love. Love. She was yeah. in it for 12 minutes or something. Very, very short right. as well. And I don't think we should talk about that year of the Oscar. <laughs> 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 That's the only reason we didn't do a podcast in that year. Um, so just to um, just update on the earlier question, Viola Davis has been nominated for three Oscars and has not won yet she was nominated oh well then she's getting it for sure <laughs> nominated for The Help for Doubt and now for Fences so she hasn't won she hasn't won yet so this, 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 maybe this is her year she is the favourite <laughs> to be fair she deserves a fucking Oscar for Suicide she was the best thing isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. she was handed shit and made lemonade like, <laughs> <laughs> she has nothing to do but exposition for literally the first like half of that movie 
Mm. And she makes it an engaging character. It's amazing. And for a film full of villains, she gets the only villainous act in the entire film. <laughs> yeah, and the fact yeah. that her character is a bumbling fool, but is portrayed as like, oh, she's such a boss, and she sells that. Yeah. But really, it should be like a Jack Lemon type playing that character, who's just creates this Suicide Squad. It all goes to shit instantly, and this, their first mission is clean up the mess from Suicide Squad. <laughs> oh man, like, I really put that film out of my head. I'm just realizing it now. Uh, <laughs> I managed to forget it. So uh, it didn't stick with you. It didn't linger. No, <laughs> not really. But so it's not for an Oscar. We haven't mentioned Octavia More Spencer, than have we? Green room. Have we mentioned Octavia Spencer in Hidden Figures yet? Does anyone no. want to? Was she also nominated for the Help? I will check that. <laughs> She's uh, she's good. She plays the the IBM, IBM uh, the computer um, the programmer programmer. She's good. Like I mean, it's it like I think we're going to talk about hidden, hidden figures later. But it's just a very kind of run of the mill film, and she does a very very good job in it. It's it's not outstanding. Like no. I can't see her beat Naomi Harris or by all accounts, Viola Davis is is just a shoe in for it, anyways. So. And yes, she already has an Oscar. She won for the help. Oh, there oh. we go. Okay, well, we'll we'll move on to uh, actress in a in a leading role now. But before we do, let's get your um, who 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 is going to win and who do you wish would win for this? Uh, we'll start with you, Richard, on this one. Uh, I think I already said this, but should should win Naomi Harris will win Viola Davis. Like she's she can't not win at this point. I think didn't no. she win Golden Globes or SAG or something? Viola Davis. Yeah. I think she's pretty much picked up yeah. everything all the way. Peter, I'm actually the same. Yeah, I I would. I haven't seen Fences. <laughs> well, I think that Viola Davis will win um, right. for Fences, but I, I I would like to see Naomi Harris win. I, I think she was amazing. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I think Viola Davis is going to win it. Uh, I'm kind of torn between saying her or Naomi Harris should win it. Uh, so I'll leave it there and let the audience make up their own. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um Yeah, exact same. Who should? Naomi Harris. Okay. Claire? Yeah, same. Viola Davis. But I, I'm i going to throw in... Well, I'd, I would be really happy if Naomi Harris won, but I'm going to say I'd be happy if Michelle Williams won as well because mm. I mm. did think that was great. So Michelle Williams is actually the second favourite behind Viola um, Davis to win it. Yeah. With Naomi, with Naomi Harris in third. Okay, so moving on to actress in a leading role. And just before I, I name all the, uh, the nominees... Um, I was wondering about Amy Adams. Was the fact that she was in two potentials, is that the reason that she's been left out? Were the votes split? Well, I think she was very, very good in both Arrival and in... Hidden Figures. Hi- or no, sorry, not Hidden Figures. The Nocturnal, Nocturnal Animals. Nocturnal, Nocturnal Animals, animals <laughs> yeah. Definitely Arrival more so than Nocturnal Animals, but yeah, maybe it was split. I'm not sure exactly. She was definitely pushed for both, but I presume there were two different production companies behind them, or, you know, as in two different companies pushing for both, but it was seen as a bit of an upset though yeah. that she didn't get nominated for yeah. Arrival in particular. So. She had yeah. a good year. Yeah. Uh, she was actually put up on the Oscar website as uh, a nominee for oh, Best Actress. Sh- I know. Oh, she must mistake. have been fucking snapping. <laughs> like. And then That's they kind of realised really that they'd put her name up by instead of Ruth Negga. Oh, and then oh. they had to go back and You'd change You'd be mortified, the, wouldn't you? Website. You'd just be mortified more than anything. Someone got fired. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Poor IT guy. Update the website there. Oh, my uh, Some poor fucking intern. Yeah, Okay, so the nominees we do have, we do have our, as you said there, Ruth Negga, our very own Ruth Negga in Loving, um, Isabel Huppert for Elle, 
Uh, Natalie Portman <laughs> for Jackie. You're laughing at my pronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? I just said Hubert. Hubert, isn't it? Hubert. Is she French? She's Belgian? French. French. Uh, French. This is really. a Denis Denis issue. I it's have not French seen Elle, and nor do I know who she is. But uh, <laughs> I'm going with Hubert for now. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, Isabel Hubert. Um, <laughs> Emma Stone. Is that correct? In <laughs> La La Land. <laughs> and um, Meryl uh, Streep. Um, up and coming actress in Florence <laughs> Foster Jenkins yeah. um, is Meryl Streep there because she's Meryl Streep yes yeah. probably okay. <laughs> that's I the only I haven't seen it but I, I give a good guess that's the only um, that's the only uh, category that that film is nominated in at this stage you wouldn't want to see her left uh, out though all the same it's up for best costume design as <laughs> oh, well oh sorry it's also the Irish is she oh, getting any okay, special sorry, award this year? Foreign special, uh, sorry? Is she getting any special award this year like she did at the Golden Globes? Meryl Streep, like a uh, achievement award? Yeah, or? she got one at the Golden Globes, so maybe they had to nominate her for something okay. so she'd be there. Yeah. So they can give her something. Is she getting the Donald Trump award for most overrated actress of all time? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> but Viola Davis gave her the award for the Golden Globes. Okay. So... Okay, well, let's just move quickly on from Meryl Streep. Um... <laughs> Claire, you've seen Elle, so yes. Isabelle Huppert. She's amazing in it. She's really, really good in it. Um, it's such a weird film. I don't know what to even speak about it. I, I haven't seen it, but I've heard it. Descri- I'm desperate to see it because I've heard it described as Paul Verhoeven. This is the guy, for anyone listening who doesn't know who that is, who did a bunch of kind of art house Belgian thrillers in I think the 70s and 80s then did Robocop yeah, Starship Troopers <laughs> Total Recall Showgirls oh yeah 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 so like, his yeah he's his, a crazy filmmaker and his, he made a rape revenge comedy yeah his, his CV is bizarre but like and this I was I didn't know what to expect because I've seen all of those kind of hilarious like 80s sci-fi mm. action films and then I've watched this and like she she kind of makes it like it's all centered around her character and her character is amazing and very kind of like weird and every time she reacts to something you're like why are you reacting in that way it's so bizarre and yeah it's like a rape revenge and I don't know she's really really good in it it's a weird film but it's there was some controversy about this though like um is the New York Times its annual uh, when they get the, the anonymous Oscar members to release their reasons for voting for people and the one for this was apparently that she won't, she's not getting votes from the Oscar members because of she doesn't it's sort of not reverse victim blaming or something she's not yeah. she doesn't act like a rape victim oh, once she's been all. raped and, I think and that's, everyone's like that's not good I can't, that's not good acting yeah. I'm not voting for her now apparently well that's why after the film like well first of all she doesn't act like a victim and well for me that was fine because it kind of is a really it's more realistic it's an interesting look on yeah exactly on how you could react in that situation and at the beginning I was like okay this is you know she's had you learn about her past and she has kind of a crazy past but basically the reason why she doesn't go to the authorities or she doesn't tell anyone is because she's had terrible experiences with the police in the past so that's all kind of tied up and and makes sense eventually but then as the film goes on it gets weirder because she ends up kind of like inviting the attacks like it it starts off like you I don't know just a like a real person's reality and then it kind of slowly develops into no she's just kind of a bit crazy herself so it does leave you feeling very Mm. like Unsure, unsure, about, unsure about the character yeah like oh, well not yeah. I wasn't unsure about the character I was more unsure about how the whole kind of thing is I don't know is portrayed it's and is it intended to provoke strange. I haven't seen this I'm just asking yeah you <laughs> yeah. on a podcast 
it provoke like is it meant to provoke as in is it meant to is the film meant to leave you going what the fuck to some degree like I think so like I don't see how you could not I don't think how, yeah you couldn't walk away from it and not be like what the fuck <laughs> because it's awful what's happening to her but she keeps on purposely putting herself back into that situation like she wants it to a degree mm. and then it's very confusing because as soon as it starts to happen she really doesn't want it it's very strange. Hmm. It's like a weird sex fantasy. Oh, I don't know. You're just going to have to watch it. It's really <laughs> weird, honestly. But we should watch it. But you should watch it. It's really gripping. It's fantastic. All the actors are in it are amazing. And yeah. It's, okay. It's a great film. Um, let's uh, have a look at another one. Is, uh, is Jackie uh, Natalie Portman Oscar vehicle? <clears throat> Peter. Yeah, I think she was brilliant in it. Um, it's a it, it's a kind of an interesting role because she plays this kind of weird, like there's kind of the pre-assassination character which she plays, which is this kind of detached, um, you know, she's wife of the president and she's kind of also trying to assert her own independence. Then there's the whole kind of sequence during the assassination just directly after it, which is probably one of the best portrayals of kind of grief and shock or immediate grief that that you're ever going to see and then there's kind of she kind of goes back to the detached kind of more kind of retrospective kind of when she's been interviewed for the for the article at the end I thought it was very very good she's she's definitely definitely very very strong she's um, she's a very good chance of winning I think okay uh, it's a strange performance as well in that the first time she's on screen it feels so studied and affected mm. but then when you actually watch what Jackie Kennedy or Jackie Onassis was like in reality mm. she was extremely studied and affected and had a bunch of these kind of mannerisms and a very strange yeah. accent so it's a really good portrayal of someone like that who is because you can watch the film that they record yeah, during yeah. the film which is a, a tour around the White House that Jackie Kennedy did the TV special the, that, the TV yeah. special you can watch it and it's I mean Nicole Kidman or sorry um, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the wrong thing and uh, Natalie Borman just gets it spot on like she really yeah yeah kind of does but I I, I I thought she was amazing yeah and she's great at just someone who's gone through maybe one of the most traumatic things that could happen to you having like your spouse's fucking head blown off and you have to try to hold their head together while you drive to the hospital mm. having that happen to her <coughs> and she's a very kind of stiff person and just really trying to keep a lid on it and not crack up and mm. having to deal with the kids and all the normal stuff that people might have to deal with but also being that much in the spotlight and being worried about like a legacy you know not being worried about everyday normal people things because your husband was the president of America <laughs> uh, she's fucking very good in it okay and it does it's uh, that film in general it's more her performance is more interesting than standard biopic stuff and the film itself as well is more interesting than mm. I thought it was going to be when I walked in it's not just a standard uh, like I period f- fucking biopic Oscar bait thing like it feels like the whole film and the director they're all trying to do something a bit more involved or interesting or something that might actually stay with you after it ends not just uh, a nice story with period dressing you know but okay. it's a much stronger film than the likes of Hidden Figures it's probably a bit stronger than Hell or High Water I'm very surprised it didn't get nominated for Best Picture that's true and I don't know well we'll get into this later but I have no fucking idea what Hacksaw Ridge is doing <laughs> 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 alright well let's, let's say in this category for now we can we can vent that rage later on uh, Emer, uh does the uh, the singing dancing Emma Stone have a chance for La La Land I think she does 
She's great in it. Emma Stone has the most expressive face. Yes. And when she's doing that last scene when she's singing, and when she's doing her in her uh, audition scene, mm-hmm. and it's, she, he's doing all those just <coughs> continuous takes of just mm. her doing that scene, and she's amazing. And like she's always been good, but I think if La La Land are go- is going to sweep through this whole uh, Oscars, then she'll be up for it for Best Actress. I, I was actually t- talking about her expressive face and comparing it with uh, the fella who won the Oscar for uh, Theory of Everything, and he's in the Harry Potter movie this year. Oh, the Eddie guy Redmayne. can't. What's his name? Eddie Redmayne. Just... Yeah, because I think he's got a, he's got like great control over his face, but does way <laughs> too much with it. <laughs> and I, and I don't know what to look at. He does too much. Mouth, yeah. Whereas Emma Stone can do the same, but it works for her. I, I think anyway. I just yeah. Well, well she's no, got she big doesn't eyes swing as well. big as much as him though. No, maybe she doesn't go quite as big, and maybe that's why it works. She, but like, she, I can't but think she of anything that was like her Jupiter ascending. Yeah. Okay. I can't think of anything where. Yeah, where you get the sense that no one was like, whoa, 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 Emma Stone. Fucking! What are you doing? Like, <laughs> well, what she did, Easy A. I haven't seen that. That's Easy A is good. That's but really good. Yeah, it's good. But that would be her as low as she goes, if you know. What and I mean. then Spider Man mm-hmm. Two was her as low as she oh, goes. Oh, Spider Man Two. Mm. Is, is anyone here everybody. not a huge Emma Stone fan? I, I like really Emma Stone. Like I'm not. I'm. I'm not hugely into her. I'm a bit no. ambivalent. To she's that, just really. a likable kind of person. Yeah, I think I she's. Yeah, I think she does a kind. She has a kind of a. You know, she's like an attractive white actress mm. who does if you want to like give your film just a slight bit, bit of edge. quirk just a yeah, little bit yeah. of quirk without it being threatening <laughs> she plays like a lot of those <laughs> similar characters that quirky kind of one yeah. that you're talking about yeah. like in she's not Gabby Hoffman is what I'm no, saying no but you know uh, the one that the other one she's in with Ryan Gosling oh the love story love. Yeah. crazy stupid love crazy stupid love so she plays a similar not a similar but it's just that kind of Emma Stone character kind of yeah Who's really down to earth, but she's beautiful. Yeah. She's you know? like really normal and she doesn't realise she's beautiful, but she's like so beautiful. Exactly. And but everyone's falling over. And I did find in La La Land, there was more to her. Mm. I didn't find she was in La La Land as even just graceful as Gosling was. Like I was surprised by what a good dancer Gosling is. Well, actually, I did read that Damien Chiselle wanted to get... Malstella, didn't he? He wanted to get non-dancing. Yeah, Miles Teller, I, I saw that, yeah. Mm. And oh, sorry. Sorry, but he didn't want to get any uh, dancers who can act. He wanted actors who can't dance, in a way. <laughs> but Ryan Gosling is really good at it. Yeah, well, he was, he was busy learning how to play the piano. So he had yeah. to learn how to play the piano for that whole thing. Is that him really playing and he mm. hadn't played before? Yeah, so That's I was reading impressive. this... this uh, is it kind of CGI? Like, no, the hands no, are real, but it's not him. It was all done it's in, all him. In, in one take. Mm. So and up until the end, he wasn't getting it. He was playing piano really well but he was playing it like someone who knew piano but not like someone who plays piano <laughs> and apparently I just read this article today where they were saying they had to like he basically put his head down for the last few months and was like I'm going to learn how to wow. play like a piano player yeah. as opposed to someone who knows how to play the piano mm. and then he, he cracked it Amazing. but uh, I did read that he wanted to have actors who can't dance so that there was that natural approachability to them so that we could understand if we decided to <laughs> just break into <laughs> dance that in there this wouldn't be this perfect world. yeah there wouldn't be this well, I perfect think there's, there's a question or not a question but there's a uh, people make comments about how Emma Stone it, her voice isn't like she isn't like an opera singer she's not the most yeah. amazing singer and same with Ryan Gosling so I guess that's the same kind of related into um, dancing as well I think in that new Terrence Malick film we were talking about it a few days ago song to song yeah I think Ryan Gosling's singing in that as well he sings in the trailer at least we fall into the trap of uh, talking about Ryan oh, Gosling yeah. when we're supposed to be talking about Emma Stone. <laughs> so let's let's quickly move on. Uh, well, that says a lot, though, about <laughs> her performance in it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not a bad performance, but I don't know if it's... When she sang that song, 
at the end I was like oh like it's great mm. I think the performance for that was amazing and the delivery of the song this or whatever it is the this is for the dreamers mm. so Richard is yes. Ruth Negga going to bring an Oscar home to us uh, I think she has a decent enough chance of doing it like it's a very unshowy performance like Loving I will get into this later on but it's not it's like Hidden Figures it's, kind of, it's fine it's not particularly amazing mm-hmm. she's probably the best thing in it um, but I feel like something like Stone Stone's more approachable she's more likeable in Hollywood Ruth Negga it's, it's a very kind of quiet reserved you're it's all just in the eyes performance. You're kind of waiting for the bottle to blow off. Yeah, to just sort of explode or shout or something. Film mm. And it never happens. It's the same with Joel Egerton. They're both very subdued yeah. characters, and I don't think. Obviously, it's not like it's not their fault. It was written for them, but there was no opportunity to kind of show any kind of range in that entire film. Which apparently is the. I was reading a bit about it afterwards. Apparently, they both were very reserved people in real life. So I guess it's it's an accurate performance, but yeah. it's, it's very unshowy. So. Can she win on that alone? I don't, I don't know. We'll see, I suppose. Okay, well, let's let's go around the table. So, um, we'll start with you, Emer. Um, who should win and who do you think is going to win? Or who do you think should win? So, I'm limited to what I've seen in the Best Actress <laughs> category. But I think who's going to win is Emma Stone. And because I've seen it, it's going to. I would think Emma Stone should win. <laughs> <laughs> is that the only one you've seen? Yeah, it turns out I'm not supporting uh, the female category. Uh, I've actually only seen two. So. <laughs> Claire? Um, yeah, I'd say Emma Stone's going to walk away with it. But I would love to see Isabel Huppert what, just taking it because it's such a non-Oscar film. Like, it doesn't feel like a... But she's kind of been kind of an art house actor for a long time. And yeah. there's kind of a bit of traction in Hollywood for her. Is that mm. correct? That yeah, I mean... Like a lot of people really like her for years and years I just think it would be great years. because, yeah, it's just sort of not what you... Yeah, it's not what you expect. She's not the the sort of the female lead as well that I think a lot of people want her to be, so it's nice and different. Richard? Um, I think it'd be nice to see Ruth Nega win. I think she will. I think I think Portman has it purely because it's such a... The character she's playing is such an iconic American figure and also it's a very, as we were saying, like studied performance. It, it's actually distracting to a point, but it is very well-observed and it's very careful. I think Streep could get it, though, because Streep just always gets it. So. <laughs> Um, do you think the kind of current political climate in America will will give her a bit of a boost, kind of mm, showing what maybe, uh, what a politician yeah. or a politician politician's wife should be like? If Hollywood is as just fuck you Trump as they purport to be, then absolutely that'd be a nice just yeah, yeah. middle finger. That people are just pining for a presidential assassination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny actually watching Jackie when they're walking down the promenade and it's like, oh, we can't have you out in public. You might get shot at, and it's like, oh, wasn't it strange to be in a time and. Assassinations were frowned upon and looked forward to. Whereas I was like, has someone shot him yet? What I, happened? Yeah. I do wonder what. In, I was, was I saying this to you, Alan? That I wonder what influence the Trump presidency is going to have on action films, not just in terms of <laughs> like reverse Rambo movies. Oh, well, not actually, not just in terms of like uh, jingoistic uh, action movies being made, yeah. but like you know the way the signifier during the nineties and noughties for bad guys was always they're going to kill the president or if the hex the president. Now, if I saw that, I'd be like, oh, I mean, I <laughs> guess they have a fair, I mean, I guess they have some good arguments. I was t- like saying well, something along the same lines of like, there definitely has to be a lot of more dystopian kind of there films coming out them. now. Because, I know there already is, but like the way everything's gone at the moment, it's definitely going to spur on some horrible outcome. Mm. Okay, well, we maybe maybe we'll be talking about that and nothing else at next year's Oscars podcast. <laughs> but, well, but be, for now, outside of the assassination of president, the current climate is 
touched upon in Hell or High Water. I'll just throw that mm. in there on that point mm. and we can revisit it. We'll later. come back to that, so. <laughs> um, Peter? Yeah, I've only seen Emma Stone and Natalie Portman. Um, <clears throat> I think Natalie Portman, I, I think she should win it and I think that she will win it. Okay. Yep. Jed? Uh, yeah, I like Natalie Portman's performance. I think she's probably going to win, but I have a horrible feeling Meryl Streep might get it <laughs> just turning <laughs> up. <laughs> okay. Well, all of you didn't say that you hope Ruth Negro will win, so I'll just leave that out there. I'm um, very disappointed in all of you. Um, I'm not I, really, I, I know most of you haven't I'd be very happy if she won. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, we all will be. Uh, go, Ruth. Okay, actor in leading roles. Seen as you all want to talk about Ryan Gosling, let's move on to this category. Do um, we, though? <laughs> it, seems, it seems that way. So we have Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea, Andrew Garfield in Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling in La La Land, Viggo Mortensen in Captain Fantastic, and Denzel Washington from Fences. So, uh, Jed, I'm just going to go straight to you again. Um, does Denzel have an Oscar for, for Fences this year? Uh, I think he's a strong contender. I don't think he should be. I don't think that that... I mean, his performance in that movie is impressive. And But there's a point where about 15 minutes in, I'm, I was watching it, and personally I just found it completely exhausting to be around this character. Because uh, he's a very forceful... Uh, like a very forceful version of uh, what's his name from Death of a Salesman Willie something or other don't know uh, who's putting wants to put up a fence and wants to keep his life together he's a little bit like the character from Locke that Tom Hardy played right uh, yeah yeah okay you know likes to have wants to maintain some kind of control but he's a flawed character mm. but he's in this he is a dad who drinks a bit uh, he's a bin man and he constantly is monologuing and telling jokes and stories and letting you know what he's about via a series of rubber ducky uh, sob stories and shit like that right it's exhausting to watch and I think on stage I would have probably liked it because you're literally in his presence uh, as a movie it just felt like an actor directing himself and like I was saying we were talking about this a little bit just before we rolled where I love Denzel Washington but in this if you like Denzel Washington and you only have and you can only watch one movie <laughs> like just di- watch this because it's two and a half hours of Denzel Wash- Washington <laughs> operating at like 200% uh, capacity uh, I don't think it should win Okay well here's a question that um, if I knew the answer would be a trivia question but I don't so let's see if any of you know the answer has an actor or has a director ever directed himself to an Oscar win for acting? Hmm. Ben Affleck yeah, no, that's he didn't the only win. one that I would have thought. But Ben Affleck, Argo won, but I don't think he won. No. For best actor. Okay, well, maybe I'll try and, I'll try and look Unless that up. Unless I'm right. <laughs> then I knew I was right. <laughs> that's quite the caveat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you check and that. if I'm wrong, I'm also right because he <laughs> yeah. said it was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Covering. Casey Affleck seems to have a pretty good chance, except for the controversy surrounding him. So uh, what, yeah. does, what does everybody think about that? Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea. That should have nothing to do with his performance it leaves a bad taste in my mouth but it shouldn't have anything to do with whether or not he's going to win it if someone kills someone and did a great performance they should still win the Oscar if it's worthy <laughs> yeah. well it's kind of like what happened in Ireland a couple of years ago do you remember that when Matthew Broderick killed those people no there was a poet <laughs> I think who was a, a paedophile or something and they wanted to get his poetry yeah. he was the guy over in, in Kathmandu yeah, oh. exactly. He yeah. wasn't a beautiful. Yeah. Well, he was underage, basically. He was 13 or 16 year old. They wanted the his poetry removed from the syllabus, syllabus basically. Yeah. And people were saying, you know, what's the 
that to do with mm. your mm. I've gone completely off topic here, but what I mean is what he does in his real life, or is this a judgment of his acting? You're not wrong, like, objectively, but, like, the Oscars is very much about what will appeal to the masses and whatnot. So I think they, they definitely are going to... Even the, no, even the list of Best Fiction nominations, it's not based on merit. It's based on what has the most appeal to, like, uh, looking yeah. good. Like, as we said, like, The Witch should be on there, Greener should be on there, but they're not, because that's not how it works. So Casey Affleck being accused of... Well, not accused... He did those things, didn't he? He probably did. Yeah. Well, he was he accused. Did. He did those was it ever brought to trial? Or? The, no. The, the, settlement, the settlement like um, agreement or whatever the fuck it's called was basically that no one's from like, no one who was involved in the case was allowed to speak about the case after a certain ruling was made. So basically, mm. the amount of information right. we have is very limited because... We have like statements from the like from the victims or whatever. But and for people who don't know what the fuck we're talking about, Claire, fill them in because <laughs> I, so I think people might need to have yeah, a plan on this. It's not so he like, I don't know, he it was on the set of I'm not here. Or, I'm still here. I'm still here. And um, Joaquin Phoenix, that like satirical kind of mockumentary thingy, and um, yeah. which was a great film. But he I think the, the big the biggest victim in the whole situation was the female cinematographer and at one point it sounded it did sound really horrible and hmm. um, he like hopped into bed with her I remember reading this but I don't then, have the details clear in my yeah, head yeah like she he, she woke up and he was in bed and he was just like it was all just terrible behaviour from the very beginning of shooting to the end and he would say like really horrible sexual things to her on set and tell like other men to do sexual things to her on set and it just sounded she said it was her worst experience ever like professionally, like, so yeah. From from my memory, it was like con- it. It sounded like and it sounded sexual like, bullying. Yeah, and it sounded like he was. He's accused of. It sounded like he was drunk a lot as well. Like it was a lot. It was very kind of alcohol fueled, mm. just constant. I yeah, think there was a second. And there was another woman there was as a, well. A yeah. production assistant as yeah. well on the yeah. same film, or maybe on another yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. That's something similar. Similar happened to as well. Like but without sounding flippant, though, I do think his. Perf- I'm not. I'm not trying to dismiss any of that stuff. I do th- think his performance in Manchester by the Sea is fucking incredible. Mm. Yeah, like mm. he's so uh, restrained and and mm. plays all the nuances of this character really well. Like a guy who, you know, he hears terrible news and just pretty much keeps a lid on it and just tries to figure out what he. Yeah. Okay, what will mm. I do now? Like, what is the practical thing for my character to do? And. He plays uncertainty and like there's loads of scenes where he just doesn't know what the fuck to do with himself. Kind and of he similar, just plays it so well. Similar to Naomi Harris, we'll say in Moonlight, or even Natalie Portman in Jackie. Again, his character does a kind of a flip in the first say. I know mm. it kind of cuts it; it jumps between time. Mm. But in the say the pre-tragedy Casey Affleck versus the post-tragedy Casey Affleck are two completely different characters. Mm, yeah. He's playing mm. two different, completely different different I, people. It's, it's it's a great performance. But like shortly before I watched. Manchester by the Sea I, I listened to a, a podcast with Casey Affleck and he was describing his character as someone like as a water balloon that was going around and trying not to let anyone in in case it popped because mm. he's just holding in all this grief and like I think when I first started when I started watching the film I was like god he's just really quiet more than anything and it was really hard to suss him out and then it just became so visceral and like just like so so sad but he but- was great yeah. and even the, like there is a scene towards the end where it, he kind of almost breaks or he almost kind of comes apart but I, I love that both in terms of I'm assuming it's a directorial choice but also him as an actor's choice that it, it doesn't turn into the sobbing mm. Oscar scene like it yeah, does look like right, someone yeah. trying so hard to keep yeah. his shit together and it's like watching someone 
Yeah, because it's you true know, kind to life. of almost break and not quite break. Yeah, because like, it's, it's true to life in real life. You are going to hold yourself, and you are going to. You're not. Yeah, if you run into someone in public, you're not yeah. going to break down. And be like you don't know, man. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's all about it's all about that, and I think him and his brother, you know, and the kid. It's all about like bottling emotions, and that was brought through the whole film. It was I think really it's a real. Good kind of masculine representation yeah, for, for, kind of, so. for men keeping it yeah. in and not yeah. like not having those moments where they just have this emotional outburst I wonder, yeah it's part of this a Boston thing that as Irish people we can relate to just yeah. like yeah, yeah. God, I love all these repressed people <laughs> not talking about their feelings and trying not to cry all the just time drinking endlessly yeah just yeah, just drinking all the time <laughs> so uh, Andrew Garfield is nominated for Hacksaw Ridge should he be no uh, no no, no. <laughs> I'm going to say no I haven't seen the film he's not, he's not no. bad in it like I think he's a good actor but like He's had the same face in every single film he's ever been in, which is this kind of he does have a smiling, <laughs> cringing face where he's upset about something, but he's also trying to play it off. I it's, mean, credit I for that can't. though. This is the first film that she, I think, addressed the smiling face thing and actually made a point of it. Like yeah, Vince yeah. Vaughn's character keeps going, "What are you smiling? What are you laughing at?" I think that's <laughs> nice. funny addressing that, but yeah, I agree. It's not not great. Vince Vaughn is in this film. He's yeah. playing yeah. like oh. what's your man's Vince name Vaughn's from Full Metal Jacket? <laughs> Uh, Jeremy or, or the drill sergeant yeah drill sergeant. he's basically yeah. in that character from Full Metal Jacket and he's terrible okay <laughs> but, yeah. he's better than he's better than Andrew, than Andrew Garfield, Garfield. <laughs> do you think I, mean, I the, think the so good I, I liked Vince Vaughn in, in the second era I liked him in the first era I thought it was the most horrendously showy performance of just Vince Vaughn trying not to be Vince Vaughn and it was unwatchable it was Vaughn cringy being Vince Vaughn in a uniform yeah but he was trying sergeant, to be all like shouting funny and funny. I think he's trying to escape a little bit the same with True Detective season 2 that he's trying to scrape out of this this kind of mould he had for himself but the but, the good thing about Hacksaw Ridge is that if you can get over that first half where Andrew Garfield is so present, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that in a bad way, he's just in the movie. If you can get through that first half and get up to Hacksaw Ridge, then you're in for a treat. Yeah, because his face is covered in very talks. Yeah, but you're in for a treat then. It's like Mel Gibson does an amazing job of the action scene up there, and it's just it's great. And then at the end, you can just get get over him again. It's just, <laughs> he doesn't deserve it. He's, but the movie, second half, I mean, we'll talk about that when we're in I Best Picture. I think that answers your question. Okay, that answers my question. Definitely um, not. Okay, okay. Uh, well, I think you're all very mean holding it against Vince Vaughn for being himself and holding it against <laughs> Andrew Garfield for having a face. But anyway, <laughs> can Viggo Mortensen win it for Captain Fantastic? No. no, he definitely won't. He won't. It was a good performance. Um, the film's a little bit over the top. I only watched it uh, only last week, but... I don't uh, even think it's an odd, like, why is that film? I, I enjoyed I quite it. I like it. Mm. I, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. But it's nothing I haven't seen before. Like, story-wise, like, direction-wise, like, anything. It's not original. But just for him, and, you know, standing outside of his... Uh, he got his balls his, out. Yeah, yeah. That's about and he's, the only thing he's yeah. he 57 years old. Is he? Just he was the yeah, best part of it, but I just think... No, actually. Out of all the films that he's had... He's that one as well. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. But let's say I would be looking at Viggo Mortensen and okay, so Andrew Garfield definitely would be out. But I suppose I'd be putting Viggo Mortensen ahead of Ryan Gosling as well. Really? But I think Viggo's performance wasn't particularly impressive. It, it, it was wasn't. just him showing up on set, being kind of funny and charming, and then just leaving. Like it wasn't. No, his kid performance actually did a better job. The kids were all really good. Yeah. Yeah, he was just fine. He was but enjoyable. It's, but it's just, just when I look at the competition. Mm. Out of the five nominees. Viggo is number five. He's the least likely. Oh, to really? According to the that's not okay. 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 Mm. Is well, this Paddy Power? Who are you checking? This is Paddy Power. Okay. I'm not trying to plug them, but maybe. Uh, <laughs> so, Jed, you seemed fairly smitten by Ryan Gosling's performance in La La Land. 
I don't think it should win best actor though. I do like him in it, mm. and I think like it's, I'm extra impressed now that I, lear- I learned that he learned how to play piano. Mm. Uh, well, so did Miles Teller for well drums for Whiplash. Miles learned to play piano, and I was like, "Bollocks!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> the same writer, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. he's same like, director. "Hey, you guys, I love jazz music. That insane mm. you learn young, piano and you learn drums. Young, successful dickhead. That guy <laughs> is younger than me. I hate him. So that yeah, six years in the making. He wrote it with the songwriter in college. Anybody else have anything <laughs> to say about Ryan Gosling? He's fine. I think he's exactly that. He's I'm good. not he's convinced he's by him. Fine. He's always just that kind <laughs> of goofy. Oh, no. I, I think Ryan Gosling is great, but I just don't know that his performance in this is... Yeah. There wasn't a huge range in it, I no. didn't think. I've never seen range from Ryan Gosling. <laughs> then why do you applaud him so? <laughs> I no, don't. I'm putting Viggo Mortensen ahead of him. I think his performance in Drive is just fucking incredible. Yeah. That, that, again, mm. is him just being like, I'm not going to do anything. Well, yeah, it's him being stoic, yeah, but there's more below A lot of actors would just not speak and it would be so fucking dull. He has the presence and he has the ability to like... Like that film is such a fucking wonderful melodrama where no one speaks, where yeah. it's just these two characters who would just start gushing and nonstop I talking and shifting. I agree with if that. I think he's great at not like doing much. Yeah, just biting it's, their tongues. It's brilliant. Yeah. yeah, but should he get an Oscar? I haven't seen it, so I'm not going to oh, say. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't nominated for um, Drive, but he was nominated for Half Nelson. So this is his second nomination. Half Nelson's mm. another great. That was a good mm. while ago. Half Nelson's probably ten years ago, is it? It is eleven years ago. Eleven mm. years ago. Mm. So, okay, let's go around the table and get the, the shoulds and the hopes, or the wills and the hopes. Um, Claire, let's start with you this time. Uh, I haven't seen Fences, but I'm guessing Denzel's a bit of a shoe in I don't know. Um, or Casey Affleck. And I'd be very happy to see Casey Affleck win it. I think it was a great performance. Okay, uh, Richard? Uh, I'd like to see Vigo win it, just because it's Vigo, but I don't think he will. It's probably Affleck, it could be Denzel. But if the controversy doesn't stick, it'll be Affleck. If it does, it'll be Denzel. Peter, I think um, I think the the controversy with Casey Affleck will I think make uh, will make him lose the he won't win it because of that. Okay, I think that because all the the way the academy works, that all the guys are in there, they vote for who they want to win, and I think there's definitely people in there who will not want to vote for him because of that as sub, a, a subjective reason we'll say mm-hmm. objectively the performance is absolutely brilliant and, and spot on so I think Casey should win because it's such a very good performance but I think Denzel will win okay Jed uh, I think Casey Affleck should win in even though he may be a horrible person who has inflicted horrible trauma on other he would not be the first horrible person to win an Oscar <laughs> uh, yeah the like prison don't nominate set, him I guess if, yeah. but uh, I think it's going to be Denzel okay Emer I think Casey Affleck should win and I'm going to hold out for the weird voting system that happens in the Oscars where those mediocre movies usually take over. So if they are knocking down Casey Affleck because of the controversy, maybe he's going to hit the right point and get the vote. What if Garfield wins? Yeah. <laughs> that That's the end of the Oscars. That's 1998 again with uh, Shakespeare in Love. I really don't think it's a very strong category overall. Though. Yeah. I mean, Except for Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck is mm. very strong and I, okay, I haven't seen Denzel, but by all accounts... But I mean, Garfield, Gosling, and and, and Viggo, the yeah. three of them could be easily replaced by mm. by other people. I think, especially Andrew Garfield, it could have been a better film if he was replaced. Yeah, mm. and yeah. also not the character. He could have been nominated for Silence. Could have been worse. <laughs> <laughs> Is he good in Silence? It's the same performance, Axel Rage, but with a weird Portuguese accent. Right. Okay. Ah, <laughs> he's much better. In Definitely. What about I like Silence a lot, and I, I didn't. didn't like what about Adam Driver? Should he got nominated for Patterson? Oh, I I've heard a lot of people arguing that I haven't seen Patterson but I've, I've heard he's very very good mm. he's great 
To catch you up on the earlier question, uh, Laurence Olivier won for Hamlet when he directed oh. himself, and Roberto Beghini won oh, yeah. for Life oh, is Beautiful. Roberto oh, what a It happened three what times the That's other it. way. It happened three times the other way when uh, somebody won for Best Director when they were also nominated for Best Actor. Mm-hmm. Do you want to? Does anyone want to guess? Again, say that again. It happened three times before when somebody won an Oscar for Best Director when they were also nominated for Best Actor. Okay, so Ben Affleck, we said that one for yeah. Argo. He won Best Director. He, he, he won Best Director. But not Best Actor. Yeah. Okay, I actually don't have that one on the list, but I'll double check or that. Or was it Best <laughs> Film? No, he got, he got Best Picture, all right. Yeah, okay. Did he get Best get Director? Best director. Oh, I don't know. No. He did direct it. I thought he produced it. No, he directed no, it. No, he did, he did direct it, um, but he didn't He didn't win the Oscar for... Okay, sorry. Okay. Uh, he won it, it won the Best Motion Picture, but... That goes to the producers. Yeah. Okay. So there's three... Do you want to guess or will I tell Give you? us the year. Give us a clue. Yeah, yeah. give us a, a clue. Uh, okay, well, one of them was in 1990. Oh, Kevin Costner. Dances Kevin with Costner Wolves. for Dances with Wolves. Uh, another one was in 1977. Robert Redford? Nope. A Jewish comedian who likes to talk to the camera a lot. Oh, Woody Allen. Woody Allen for Annie Hall. <laughs> and the other one was <laughs> in 1981 was Warren Beatty for Reds. Uh, there you go that's the end of the trivia round (laughs) (laughs) we all lost (laughs) let's move on to uh, our next category that we're going to look at which is writing adapted screenplay and uh, nominated in this are Arrival Fences Hidden Figures Lion and Moonlight Moonlight Um, and yeah so uh, what I heard about Fences uh, from other people was that it felt like a play on uh, as a movie like a, like a play on the screen uh, would that be fair was it actually properly adapted Jed? Uh, I'm like I'll caveat this by saying I'm not familiar with the play uh, before seeing the film but my understanding is it's basically a transcript of the play so that should go against it's ludicrous it. that it got best adapted screenplay right because um, I think part like adapt well yeah well, part of the point of best adapted screenplay is that you're giving an award you're acknowledging that it's you're adapting the thing yeah like if you're literally just transcribing scene for scene, mm. almost line for line. And you know the way sometimes that's st- like it can almost be a style when it when something feels like it, you're watching a play, but it's really a film. Like, did that help or hinder? No, it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I suppose we'll get into this more when we're talking about the best picture nominees. But at no point while watching Fences do you think anyone sat down and write, went right, right how do we make this into a movie as opposed to a play like do yeah. we uh, do we change the tenor of the performances to make it feel a little bit more improvisational so it feels more naturalistic mm. and we make the camera hang back or we give it some kind of style that makes it feel one way or the other it literally just feels like well that's the play those are the lines from the play so yeah, we have a camera there and we'll we'll do the normal like it's, it, it's workmanlike it is very it's solid in the sense of like Yes, the scenes are covered well and they know when they need to cut to a close-up, but no, nothing beyond that. Like. Oh, good answer. Yeah, so uh, best <laughs> adapted screenplay, it shouldn't get that. Um, I don't think. Has any, has anyone here, like, is anyone familiar with both sources in any of the cases? Mm-mm. Like, I'm... I, I, They've had a rival described to me, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think that's a that very based on well... A book? Moonlight is yeah, a Yeah, short play. story, I think. Okay. Moonlight was that done as uh, I think it was a play or was it a was it a memoir? It was something, something that was in production, but I think that's uh, in on a technicality. Almost right. Okay. For that <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think. If it, it was a play, they should show fences how to do it. 
So Peter, what's the what's the favorite in this category? The favorite is Moonlight. Okay. Uh, followed by Line and then That's Hidden probably. Figures. Hidden Figures is ahead of Arrival hmm. and Fences. Now, Hidden Figures, I mean, is it? It's just a, it's kind of a serviceable film. It's just yeah. it's the lesser space movie, certainly. Whereas yeah. Lion, as a let's say, if it began, it began as a book, it is actually you can see how difficult it was to fit so much. You can fit a lot more in the book than the film. I mean, there's a 25 year gap in between it or a 20 year gap, mm. but they do do a good job of fitting it in and tying all the ends up. Well, we just move on because we can all have uh, stronger opinions on writing original screenplay. So in this category is Hell or High Water, La La Land, The Lobster, Manchester by the Sea and 20th Century Women. So we have La La Land again. Is that got a good, is that got a, is it a really good screenplay? Uh, I think it's good, but I, I don't know the screenplay is why anyone likes that movie. Mm. <laughs> like yeah. it's weird that it's nominated there, you know that kind of way. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's it's it is a nice movie and it's you know fun to watch and everything, but it's kind of a gimmick. Like if you take out the singing and dancing and all, it's it's fairly formulaic rom com, isn't it? Mm. Uh, in some sense, but like there is with I can't quite spoil it, but there are some things that happen that I thought were mm. unexpected in it. Right, but yeah. it I I still don't think anyone would be like walking out of that movie being like that was so well written yeah. <laughs> like you're just it's the style of it it's mm. the charm mm. of the actors it's, style, it's really, the, isn't it? yeah. the music and just the spectacle of the whole thing mm. Manchester by the Sea that's where you come out going Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. mm. amazing. I was actually convinced watching that was based on a book. That this has to be a book. The that's structure is so yeah. book-like, yeah. and then I was like, "That's original." Wow, that's actually incredible. Yeah, yeah. that's great. So that's just yeah. I thought with Manchester by the Sea, the one thing about it was some of the you know they jumped back and forward in time. Some of the cuts I thought were fairly. Well, I don't know where you they didn't notice them just kind of arbitrary. Confused where yeah, you were. Yeah, a little bit. Were. Like okay, there's the scene. Okay, the spoilers a little bit, but there's a scene. Um, obviously the huge emotional scene in the middle where you find out what the tragedy is that happened and it's cutting between that and him in, in the solicitor's office yeah. and stuff like that I just thought it was very strange okay maybe that's I don't know if it was written exactly like that or was that an mm. editing choice but it was a very well, it was initially confusing what was happening there but then it sort of gradually made sense and it then you, you moved sense, on but I, but I, I know what you mean, mean. I get what mean it was yeah. revealed yeah. as it went through yeah which I, I liked but yeah a lot was revealed just while he was sitting at that desk as opposed yeah. to throughout the film the, basically his whole ex- past experience was yeah. revealed then but I did like the way it didn't we didn't know from the beginning and the way it was chopped in as opposed to mm. kind of hype Tarantino's. Yeah. I thought Arrival flashback. was the best use of flashbacks I've seen yes. maybe ever that was the best twist that I've known as best Arrival twice no I've only seen it once. Have you seen it twice? I've seen it once. Why? Why it's just, uh, just interesting to go back in and watch it a second time. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's Spoilers. a very good point. Fan <laughs> 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 circle. Um, Jed, you're the only one who's seen 20th Century Women, I think. So yes. what do you what do you think? Is it well written? Is it? Uh, yeah, I think it's actually, it's a really interesting screenplay. I think some of the issues, I, I, I wrote a review for the site, but I think some of the issues I have with it were more uh, directorial choices. There were things to do with tone or the tenor of the performances but the screenplay is interesting in its it's largely based on the director's own experiences growing up uh, and it's kind of it feels you know light on plot and kind of meandering but in a very pleasant way it, it's a little bit like uh, Everybody Wants Some except with oh. uh, women instead of a bunch of bros <laughs> uh, and it's set in a similar time period it's the, the late 70s uh, just just on the cusp of the 80s uh, but yeah, it's very well written. It kind of has a style where it will uh, 
jump back and forth between monologues that flesh out these characters' pasts and it also references things that are going to happen to them so you're getting a snapshot of their lives but it has this really really infectious sense of empathy for everyone so like when people are having arguments no one feels like a fucking straw man and like it it's just it's a very very kind movie and it's interesting in that sense in that it's very light well not light but very very kind and ambles along and very sympathetic and empathetic to all these characters so it's and it's a non-traditional type of screenplay uh so it's interesting to see it there for those reasons uh i also think if we're emphasizing the original in original screenplay the lobster, lobster. is <laughs> fucking Amazing. very original can we yeah. that's obviously a shot in ireland are we allowed to call it an irish film it's Irish it's production actually company. Irish yeah. production element pictures. It has okay. Joel's in it. Joel's in it. Joel's feature. Oh, it does have Joel's. It does have Colin. That really excited me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For us, it's from the pale. What's the Joel's? I do think it's a couple of countries that have put money into it, though. Yes. Well, that's Not true of most European films. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so I think we could take the victory if it won. Yeah, of course we could. There's no think we would. Yeah, it'd be on the RT News Lobster's yeah. definitely one of the most clever a very very clever film on that uh, just the way it's done I thought with the Lobster that the narration and everything that happens on screen in terms mm. of the actual uh, how the whole story plays out is, is very very good some of the dialogue scenes you know where they kind of talk really um, yeah, matter of fact to each other kind of and way, to each yeah. other it graded me a little bit <laughs> as the film that. went on yeah I like but then that. it cuts back to the, now the, the dialogue is very sparse in it and a lot of it is more narration talking over the action that's happening on screen which is all very, very good. I don't know, the dialogue kind of graded me a little bit. I love it, that, though. Yeah. I love that he makes films where people can't express themselves and just talk like children at mm. each other and then yeah. are really fucking horny and hurt each other violently. <laughs> like, it's great. Yeah, it is like a childlike kind. Like, his characters are very childlike. And yeah. when they're, it's like they're put in these adult bodies and told to behave a certain way and they're like, I can't. Yeah, it's mm. like people on the first day of play school just yeah. walking to each other being like, I have a belly button. I, do you have a belly button? <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> nothing that they're talking about. It's wonderful. But I mean, like, John C. Riley obviously, it comes more natural to him like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, that childlike way. So when he did it, I didn't really notice. It was just John C. Riley. Even Rachel Weiss, there was a little bit more. I don't know, what would be the word? Tone to her voice, as opposed to the. I think it was Colin Farrell that would have uh, annoyed me the most with when he's just like, "But I don't think I will." You know, just mm. really monotone. And I think it was just Colin Farrell. Who yeah, I agree with that. More than but I think that's I don't know, a I deliberate him thing, though. I liked him in it, and I, oh, I don't was. always like him, but I don't know if it worked for him. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, I, he had I, to do what other people were doing, because this is how the tone <laughs> of the film is set, but it, he, I don't know if it worked it's, for him. It's or an absolutely it was just hilarious film, though. Like, yeah. From yeah. start to finish. If you're in the right mood for it, it's just, it just yeah. hits everything. I and it never goes where you expect it to go, so the whole time you're... And it is quite a long film as well, but the whole time you're watching it, you're like, I... No, for a fact, I can't predict what's coming next. Mm. Yeah, so, and like, that's a, a really nice thing yeah, to feel. Like, it's so unusual to watch a movie, especially if you watch lots of movies, where you have fucking no idea what's going to mm. happen next. Yeah. And this, it's not just that the premise is weird. Mm. Like, you genuinely don't know what's coming t- down, to, but even down with, the tracks at you with this movie. Like, it's a lobster, fantastic it's screenplay. Like, oh, will mm. I figure out what happens at the end? It's like, will I figure out what happens at the end of this scene? As mm. in, it's that unpredictable. <laughs> like, yeah, even the opening scene, the opening scenes of a woman walking up into a field shooting a cow and you get the title card. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
what was that about? Yeah. Like, it's immediately just so... I had, like, yeah. I had predictions in my head about what, like, why was it called The Lobster? Mm. And then there was, I remember watching the trailer. I was like, you know, you come up with ideas and then you watch it and you're like, oh, I was way off. <laughs> like, no, but no one could have seen that coming. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I couldn't get the uh, the the Phoebe and Friends. The, That's what lobster, I thought it was. You know? I didn't want to say that because I was kind of embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go Thanks, for it. Don't Alex. worry. I'll just go straight in there with <laughs> That's that. That's exactly what I thought. Was What's the, the Phoebe couples. and Friends thing? She thinks that like if you're someone's lobster, it means that you're going to be together forever because you hold oh, yeah, lobster yeah, yeah. claws in the yeah. in the tank. He's her lobster. Uh, has hell or high water got a chance? No. <laughs> I is do it, think though. Is it a well-written film? It I is. like it's, it. It's, it's a tight film. Like it's no, it is. It's a very well-written story in, in terms of it has an arc and all the rest of it and all the characters are fleshed out. I just think it's been told. I don't think it's been before. told in the way it's basically... Oh. Yeah, <laughs> before. Uh, I don't think basically in America right now and the amount of like poverty now in Texas and everything and looking at how those characters kind of relate to each other like when the cops are looking for the two guys who are robbing banks and you've got this camaraderie it's like everyone's against the guys chasing the bank robbers as mm. opposed to the bank robbers being the bad guys mm. and not yeah. in the term that the director said oh we're going to be on their side anyway because they're the protagonists but mainly because but I think society is so I terrible think, that they're I like there damn the been, man I think there's been films before where the robber or the thief or whatever is like is the character that you're sympathetic towards because Point you break. know <laughs> <laughs> but you know his story and it is a you know you do want them to win in, in the end no but it's more the characters also saying we don't want to help like we don't want to help the cops get these guys because we don't we don't the oh, banks sorry, have screwed yeah, up the yeah, whole yeah. country yeah so it's, yeah because we're always right. going to be on their side but it's about those you know those additional yeah. like in the cafe when yeah. they're like oh yeah, well they just came it, yeah. in and that's that's the more interesting part of it. That is the more interesting part. The part with the banks and the kind of politics behind the whole exactly. thing is I very th- interesting. I, I but think some of that's st- but it's not the best original screenplay. Yeah. I think some of the stuff in Helen High Water about the banks and about the like it's fairly on the nose. It's a little bit yeah. I thought yeah. it was a little bit too in your face. Like the very, very first scene, the camera's kinda of penned around and it just goes by this wall which has graffiti saying, Fuck the banks or whatever yeah. written on it. Like you know, it's kinda of like that's the first thing you yeah. see in the film and then you know, I think it had to force itself a little bit to definitely make sure you're absolutely 100% on the side of the two brothers who, yes. are, doing the, who are the bank robbers. And even at that, Chris Pine's character. Oh, actually, I'm jumping the gun because this will be back up in Best Picture, not Screenplay. But he's very little to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do yeah. that film without him nearly. I felt it was no. a bit, a little bit forced, but I, 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 I definitely enjoyed the film. It's better than Axel Ridge, so... Uh, so Jed uh, which uh, film would you like to see win and which you think will win there's a lot of strong ones I'd love to see The Lobster win actually just for sheer originality and because it doesn't have any other nominations Mm -hmm. and for the Irish uh, Uh, well well, uh, (laughs) neither of the nominees are actually they're both Greek yeah I'm not even going to try it was Sean Clare or Kerry or (laughs) but um, in, in terms of what I think will win possibly either Head or High Water or Manchester by the Sea so I'll pick Manchester by the Sea I do think 20th Century Women has an outside chance too because it's very strong okay Emer? I'm just really, I'm like every time this goes I'm like what are the Paddy Powers <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd be going definitely Manchester by the Sea for original screenplay because I thought it was a book when I watched it and okay. I was like this is great but I think it might go to La La Land okay 
if they're going to if they're going to cross it this is just back to that hole if they're going to mm-hmm. but I agree for original screenplay the lobster is like out there yeah Claire yeah I'd say La La Land that young guy will get it Damien Damien the 18 year old oh no he's probably like Yes, he's not actually 18, is he? I no, he's 20, 28, probably. Okay. No, 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 he's, he's, 30, he's 31. Is he? No way, is he? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he's we're all talking about him, like... <laughs> yeah, I just... We're like, like he, does, he doesn't fill out his suit yet. You see him yeah, walking like, up to the nah. fucking... He's Oscar's married. Looking like Don't want to see him, him He's married and divorced that. as well. Uh, no, I'd say he he's will get it. The American dream. He's 32. Okay, great. Great. So he'll probably get it. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to see The Lobster getting it just because that was, um, I still think about that film and I've yeah. seen mm-hmm. it, like, the, I don't know, it was like so long ago. So yeah, I think that was. Okay. Richard. Uh, and with Emer, I think La La Land will get it, but it shouldn't. Um, I'd love to see The Lobster get it for the same reason everyone else said. It's just, it, it was genuinely original. Um, but I'd love to see Manchester by the Sea get it as well because that, like, that film it opens up making you hate that character and yet manages to intentionally not tell you what he's doing or what he's about for like an hour and then completely turn around make him sympathetic make the entire situation sympathetic and interesting I think it was a really good screenplay it was an incredible film it probably won't win but it should do you think it deliberately makes you hate the character? I hate him for the first half an hour like because he, he was intentionally stoic and intentionally isolating himself and he was just being an asshole to everyone for I no don't, reason I don't, Even though I don't think he shows someone living in, in one room and but he's at the bar Yeah exactly We're at the bar He's, not, he's yeah. not trying to make friends He's stares who goes out And beats him for no reason And yeah, leaves looks, Yeah but he looks sad I was like yeah, 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 He's sad But he wasn't trying to Better a situation He was just being Intentionally isolationist And I was like Oof. This guy I don't like him I don't know I like that guy <laughs> I did eventually After I learned the things But you know <laughs> <laughs> Well I think we can all agree We never liked Andrew Garfield again <laughs> In any guise <laughs> uh, Peter Yeah I think um, Like just looking at the nine Best Picture nominations, there's nothing really all that original in there. I mm-hmm. think they're all kind of kind of seen before, maybe with the exception maybe Moonlight. But uh, for that reason, I'd love to see The Lobster win because it's mm-hmm. just such a crazy film. Mm-hmm. And he's a great director and it's a great film. Um, and Dogtooth is, you've mm-hmm. said Dogtooth as well, Jed, before. It's, Dogtooth is a, is a phenomenal film. That mm-hmm. one, that one Best Foreign Film, I think. Did it? Back in 2004, <laughs> I think. 2009 or something, I think. 2009, yeah. is it? Yeah, oh, yeah sorry. Um, I think Manchester by the Sea will win, but I'd love to see the Lobster win. Oh, okay. That's my call on it. What's Paddy Power saying? Paddy Power, Paddy Power, Paddy Power is saying Manchester oh. by the Sea oh. is favourite. La La Land. Then Hell or High Water is actually third favourite. Lobster is four and 20th Century Women is fifth. Hmm. Dogtooth was nominated for Best Foreign Language Film, but did okay. not win. Um, does anybody want to try and pronounce the names of the writers of the Lobster? Jorgis, Jorgis Lanthimos. This, hey. this, this, the second uh, one that's the <laughs> one I'm Mr. Philippe alright that's as good a shout as any I'd say I think you got that right there, or yeah. I don't know okay directing um, we have I, I was told not to say Dennis so Denis, Denis. Villeneuve I think it's Denise no no, no it's Denis, Denis. Denis. Oh. Mr. Villeneuve for Arrival uh, Mel Gibson for Hacksaw Ridge oh. Damien Chazelle <laughs> for La La Land Kenneth Lonergan for Manchester by the Sea and Barry Jenkins for Moonlight so uh, uh, well I'd like to see Arrival win but what, what do you all think I'd Same. like to see Arrival Moonlight. or Moonlight I think the direction was what made those films so that makes sense to me. <laughs> well, I think yeah, like 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 La La Land is 
It's going All to win. director's craft. Sorry, so. I haven't seen La La Land, so it's not in my head. But I'd be, yeah, I'd, agree. I'd say you're... Barry Jenkins or Damien Chazelle for me. Even though I got to yeah. give Mel... Mel, his uh, yeah, in t- fairness, hats that off to hit that action because it was amazing. But he knows how to do it. I mean, Braveheart. But, and the, se- but, but the second half of that movie, I guess we're, we're kind of jumping the gun here and just discussing <laughs> the merits of the movie. Because, well, it's hard to discuss the merits of the direction of the movie without mm. just talking about mm. the yeah. movie itself because that's who it should emanate from in theory. But like Hacksaw Ridge, the first half of that, it introduces this character. The film is about a pacifist during World War Two, who, for religious reasons, won't handle a gun, but will join the army. <laughs> uh, no one at any point he he joins to be a medic, and no one at, no one at any point basically says, "But you running around on the battlefield to treat people is only facilitated by me running around shooting dozens of Japanese people, <laughs> so you don't die." Mm. Like no one calls him on that thing, and it the character is, I think, engaging. But the direction where they try to make you like the character more than you should in the first half of the film is ridiculous. So forced. It's, yeah. it's oh. so it cloying it and over, yeah, overbearing. At no point am I like, oh, I get this guy. I'm like, I really don't. I have no... <laughs> I'm hoping he dies. I hope he dies. He's really, like you're saying... I, I definitely <laughs> am on a different page there. But, like. but no, why would you think... Well, not. I hope it does. Yeah. <laughs> but like, well, especially when you see the real guy at the very end of the movie, you're mm. like, I'm glad. Imagine, I'm terrible. Yeah. But uh, no, but you don't relate to him. If you're any kind of... Human. Well, a sane, non-religious person who's not going to, uh, you know, believe so much in your God that you think that he's going to look down on you well, and just protect you. Uh, well, I think that you can, even if you don't relate to someone, I think you can still admire someone who is able to say... Look, I'm that's, stick a, to my guns. that's a matter for your conscience. My conscience won't allow me to touch a gun. But then get out of the army. You see, that came true in the second half. I felt when he's doing the whole it like, just give me one more, more give me half, one more. That's fir- all fine. But, but the, the first, first half, exactly, I agree even, with you. When yeah. it builds up his life in the first half, even though it has things like it has, he has an alcoholic father played by Hugo Weaving, who should have been nominated for something. He yeah, was great, maybe. But like, I, I think it just comes across like they're fucking hobbits. Like it's introduced <laughs> in such an idyllic way, where it's two kids running through a meadow, going race you, and the music's like each other. It's almost soft focus as well. It's such drivel, and then him falling in love with this hot nurse who's amazed the man is cracking onto her and I'm like <laughs> has no one else surely every man who fucking comes in there is falling in love with this woman like look at her it's and he ridiculous. nearly gets run over twice I think they're trying to is he a little bit special no he's just he's because just at religious. the beginning you're a little bit like what's going on with this guy you know he uses <laughs> like a haircut like that's too big for his body <laughs> it's like a bowl cut but he like you know he's just they're out of the cinema and he literally doesn't ask for permission and grabs her yeah, and kisses but, but her even in and then nearly gets run over twice. The direction of it <laughs> is in some ways fucking class once they get the Hacksaw Ridge because exactly. that like Mel Gibson is making a film about a pacifist. It's still Mel Gibson. It's still gonna have people digging their hands through living people's torsos and shit yeah. like that. Like it's 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 disgusting. The amount of legs got blown off was quite incredible. The legs was yeah. amazing. But it's really. also it's well staged. Like he knows <laughs> how to shoot something like that. Yeah. Like he he does have an excellent craft in that sense. Like And you got you, that absolute I don't know. It was crazy. What's the word I'm looking for? Just yeah, crazy. He's a crazy person. Well, I mean, no, but it was like there was so much happening. Frantic is the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it like it was really captured that whole. Well, I've never, obviously I've never been. It reminds me of when I was there, you know. <laughs> but it really it captured something that I haven't seen from other war movies. That franticness and then just people. I, just I being don't blown. agree with that. I think like second half of the film is pretty much set in Hacksaw Ridge, right? And it's pretty much a battle scene for the 
guts of 45 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. After 10 minutes, I was like, right, I get it. Like, uh, I no, get it. I was totally no, against that like, full hour. Okay, you've, got, you've got the first 15, 20 minutes of Saving Private Ryan. And that is a sensational piece of filmmaking. What Mel Gibson did was he did the same thing, but he just extended it. He made it twice as long and really three times as long. But he made it more frantic as well. But it was also more know. eventful, though, I think, in the second half when it's him just trying to hide the whole time. And yeah, there is, there is an ebb and flow there. It's not just one big battle scene because there's... Because, yeah, the, the plot wise, there are things and, that happen yeah. and, there, mm. you know, there's an ebb and flow and you've been introduced to these characters and then the characters are within the larger story of the battle for... Uh, this part of Iwo Jima that's crucial that the US are trying to take from the Japanese there is mm. there's things that these characters you know they get split up and they're doing different things I felt that it was actually mm. a great credit to him that I managed to be engaged by all that for so yeah. long once, once you get through but even just for as a directorial choice like spoiler alert the Americans won the Battle of Iwo Jima <laughs> and in a, I guess in an attempt to give the movie a kind of a, a, a happy ending and to make you feel like it's all worth something this movie about a pacifist who say who just doesn't carry a gun, runs around saving people's lives, uh, you know, treats Japanese as well as Americans. It ends with like triumphal music over literally hundreds of Japanese people getting blown up. <laughs> I like, think it's you. fucking. I was like, what are you doing, Mel Gibson? Yeah, it is very. It reminded me a lot of um, like as a directorial choice. It's nuts. Yeah, it's in a terms of bit. how it represented the Japanese yeah. versus how they represented yeah. the Somalis. It, it was felt just like, like the Japanese he was absolute... treating were, was another thing to make you like him, as opposed yeah. to a genuine engagement but they with were, his They were predicted ideology. or they were uh, portrayed as just absolute savages. Like yeah, just coming just, out of the wood, like yeah. out of the ground. It was. Which is another big plot. And yeah, and there were there were moments where guys were running around, literally going ba 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 ba, and like twelve Japanese would drop and like running along going ba 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 ba, and then an American would get his like leg hurt and it'd be like ah, and the music would swell and you'd be like oh no, he got his leg hurt. <laughs> I mean, in terms of direction, you're like, like I was so engaged and into it, but like it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It's but nuts, I was engaged like, looking at it visually, but I didn't care about any of those people who died. Just and I still hope Mel it. doesn't win, but I'm just saying exactly. it was well staged. Well, from is. from what I've heard, it sounds like Mel Gibson has it in the bag. But I suppose <laughs> we'll talk about it. It would be such a like, oh, this is the beginning of the fucking Trump era. No, anyway. he won't. Mel <laughs> Gibson beats <laughs> everyone else. Jesus, no, he won't. What about Kenner Donegan? Does, does Kenner Donegan get some kudos for the way he directed those actors? And, yeah. and that I script? think it would have been incredibly hard to keep because of how sad that film was. And it's up to the director to kind of stay in that zone with the actors. I think that would have been just really, really tough and like really, really hard not to because you're on the other side of the camera, but you have to keep the actors in that place. And I think that would have been just horrible. But like (laughs) he did it really well. So, Mm. yeah, I think it's an extraordinarily well directed movie. Incredibly. Yeah. For me, can, I think, um, as I said, Manchester by the Sea, I thought there were some kind of editorial choices that I didn't agree with. That it kind of graded me a little bit. Whereas for Moonlight, Barry Jenkins, I mm. think the whole, every single element of that film is is spot on. It's it's perfectly done mm. from the cinematography. I mean, it's up for awards for cinematography and, and, and sound and score and everything like that. It's, mm, it's everything and, and mm. the performances from the from the three guys who yeah. play Shiran mm. are just phenomenal. That's, that's one of the things as well, that you feel like... They're the same person. There's no, yeah. there's no, mm. like, whatever. Even when there's a time jump and he completely changes. Yeah. You're like, those yeah, three, still the same guy. Those three guy. actors like, uh, were like, very much so. whatever kind of study they did of this fictional character was like spot on. Mm. And just, like, 
the I don't know whether it's down to like what you said, the editing or the direction or the sexual tension in that film yeah. was the stro- like God, never have I ever wanted to see two men getting it on <laughs> as much as I did in that last <laughs> act of that yeah, film. I was yeah. like, This is ridiculous. Yeah. It was uncomfortable. Has anyone seen anything else by, by Barry Jenkins? I'm just looking up here. He hasn't done anything. He, he hasn't directed one other in five movie years. Which wasn't. Yeah, really med- Medicine for Melancholy. And yeah, other, it didn't do very well, though. Yeah, it was other than that, everything. $15,000 15, budget. It was a very yeah. low budget thing. Everything this else is, he did was, was a short. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, he worked as a writer for, uh, and things like that for a while. But yeah, I think like he did an incredible job on Moonlight and made something that was like just gorgeous uh, stylistically as well but it's like, still very grounded as well though yeah. well like we're saying before it feels like memories they feel vivid mm. they feel like things that will stick in your head uh, it feels like you're looking at a human being's memories of huge moments in their life mm. um, that mean a lot to them and it's something that's going to stick in my head for a long long time mm. and yeah. I think it's Going, it's a feel, I've only seen it once, but I think it's going to stand the test of time. Mm. I think uh, when you reach the third act of the film as well, like spoiler alert, when you find out that he becomes a gangster, it's like you get a really good sense of how he got into that life and mm. why and what he's like now as a I can't remember what he's called a. I don't know, there's some term of whatever he is in the drug world, but... Oh, is he saying he's trapping or something? Yeah, he's a, yeah that's it. He's working the but traps like, in Atlanta. Yeah, and you get all that without being shown any of it, mm. really, which is really nice. Yeah, it's like, oh, your man was, like, surprised he came back. And yeah. He's like, I went to Georgia, and when I got out, I had to reinvent myself as hard. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. suffered his whole life because yeah. of his not being weak, but he doesn't know how to deal with it. So, obviously, this is a new front that helps mm. him to deal with it all. Mm. Oh, it is just, a, it's great. Like, now I'm thinking, oh, I should watch that again. Cause it's yeah. <laughs> I only yeah. watched it yesterday and I'll, I'd happily watch it tonight, watch yeah. it tomorrow again. Yeah. It's, it's a phenomenal film. Like for something that is when you're like, oh yeah, it's a story about someone growing up gay in like a black neighborhood in Florida. That sounds like a slog and it's really not. <laughs> mm. Like it's such a fucking joy to watch. And I've never seen that story being told before. Mm, yeah. No, it's a coming of age story, but it's it's not a kind of a coming of sexuality story, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, well, it is too. Like it but, is, but, but it's not it foregrounded is. as much no. as it could have been. Mm. It's as much about like just masculinity and toxic I think, masculinity. I think yeah. it is in a way though, because even as a child, I think there's he really there is the presence of sexuality there, even with those two young boys. Like mm. you feel oh, it, definitely. and yeah. yeah, and it's very like from the get go, you're like, okay, these are there's a there's an attraction there. Oh, and especially when then when there's when it shows them as teenagers and one of them is yeah dragging about uh, riding some girl and you're like okay, okay buddy like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. D- it down a little bit we get it like, exactly yeah it's very it's I think it is very present like and, and it's not and it's just being a young person finding your sexuality yourself like I think it really like speaks of that as well. Hmm. Um, like boyhood except they just hired different actors <laughs> <laughs> and, and was actually better. good <laughs> and they did do it better it's so I thought I that like uh, Damien Chazelle should have won for Whiplash but uh, correct is this his year Who won I again? think he's going to win for Whiplash? Whiplash this year <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think Damien Chazelle is definitely going to win this year but who won last year I forget uh, in Ritu for Revenant oh yes uh, yes ugh. well yeah <laughs> <laughs> but Damien Chazelle oh, he has it he has it. I, yeah. I, I would. 
I think hands down he has it this year. I think he has it. I think uh, Moonlight Jenkins should, should win. Yeah, it. Jenkins should get it, but he will get it probably. Uh, but mm. like La La Land is like I th- I do think some of the backlash around La La Land is overstated because La La Land is fucking great, but it's great spectacle. Like I walked out of that being like, that was amazing fun. And it kind of won me over in spite of a lot of misgivings I had about it. I guess this is again I'm, I keep bleeding into just discussing Mr. the film in general, but like walking into that after seeing the trailer, I was like very worried that it was going to be just the sound of Hollywood self-filating it, and, and it, it was you know just a bunch of people clapping themselves on the back for what dreamers they are, and it's also a <laughs> film that uses art as a signifier like uses basically symbols that any idiot who doesn't like art can understand as art like they walk around saying oh isn't there just something about old movies and jazz and it's like oh for fuck <laughs> like, it's like remember when the artist uh, in mm. uh, 2012 or 2011 2012, yeah. won best picture because again it was just aren't black and white movies great and it's just a film that uses art to give itself weight or uses something people can recognise as art to give itself weight whereas Moonlight fucking is art yeah Mm-hmm. Mm. And what about uh, Denny? Does he have a chance, Villeneuve? No, he should. It'd be nice to see him win because again, sci-fi is never win. He's a great director. He should have won for Sicario, but here we are. Yeah, I Sicario was also great. Mm. I'd literally like to see <laughs> An anyone enemy. in that category winning except for Mel Gibson. What's her name? <laughs> Emily Blunt, I think, was just the. She was great. I, I think it's a very strong category. When I you think she's like terrible, Gibson, yeah. in Sicario. Yeah, you're wrong. Oh, it's a great Sicario. No, I thought you thought she's, she's terrible. Yeah, I thought she's not a lead. What do you not like about her? There's nothing to her. She ruined the whole thing. What? <laughs> oh my she god! No, I'm like, no, 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 no. put her up against Benicio del Toro. No, and, I think uh, she played the really strong woman in a male-dominated world really well. Yeah. Like I was really convinced by her. I thought she was brilliant. You're wrong. Yeah, you're in a really dangerous hey. situation, having to keep her head down. Hey guys, down. wasn't yeah. even nominated last year. Obviously, I'm not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, the, we're, we're all we're like, all clear. The best, the whatever wins best picture is the best movie. Yeah. <laughs> We all buy into this ridiculous <laughs> conceit. Yeah. I no, but I don't think Arrival is a very amazing sci-fi either. Really? I think it was shot wonderfully. It looks great, but as I a sci-fi as a film, and the plot, it, it wasn't that much to it. Yeah, if you take it for what it is, though, rather than a sci-fi film, I get. I get why people. I think my boyfriend was disappointed because he sh- he showed up expecting like the sci-fi alien thing, and then I came away from it being like that was amazing, right. and he was a bit. He no, wants, I mean, he I wants liked, an Independence Day. Yeah, well, I think he wanted oh, a God. resurgence no. or a resurgence, is it? Please, never again. I think one thing about Denis Villeneuve is that he will definitely win a Best Director Oscar at some stage. So, which uh, films do you want to win and which films uh, do you think will win? For Best Picture well, now? For Director? No, just for Director. Okay. Oh, sorry, yeah, which directors do you think should win and will win? Uh, Richard. Okay, um, want Villeneuve, obviously, but will... It, it'll probably be Chazelle, but Jenkins could do it and should do it, but probably La La Land do you think it's going to be one of those years where they divide the best director and best film yes, for that reason probably. to give two people mm. in which they, case they probably Jenkins. Jenkins for this and then Best Picture for La La Land yeah. okay. but it last how many people vote for it though like, it could Life yeah. of Pi it, if it was it? run by a committee Life that could Pi. happen but, but yeah. the people could be making that choice I know they could be preemptively yeah. doing it yeah. but. Yeah. they did it last year with um, The Revenant won Best Director but mm. Spotlight won Best Film mm. Mm. And I think that's because they're two very, very different films. Whereas La La Land and Moonlight, while they are different, they're not. They're not a million miles apart. They are kind of character studies, I guess. Looking at these at these characters, but yeah, I don't know. I think Jenkins should win. 
but I think uh, I think Chazelle will win. Okay, Jed. Yeah, I think Chazelle's got that one in the bag. Right. It's mm. so showy, and it is very very well directed. Yeah, uh, but I think it's a pity because it's a dessert and uh, <laughs> Moonlight's the main. Oh, okay. Moonlight should win. So you like Jenkins to win it? Okay. Yeah. Ymir? I actually, yeah, I'm right between La La Land, or sorry, Damien Chazelle and Barry Jenkins, Jenkins, but I'd actually be happy enough if uh, Damien Chazelle won, but Barry Jenkins deserve it. So now after you talking about that, I'd love if they split it. <laughs> Barry Jenkins gets Best Director and La La Land gets Best Film because I would prefer Best Director to go to Barry Jenkins. I but the best film, uh, I think it's going to be La La Land anyway. If we're going to split it anyway, I'd almost go the other way. Because like, La La Land is so directed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're going to give it an award, it might as well be that. But if you're, if you're, I suppose I'd like movie, to see so. Barry Jenkins go. Yeah, because otherwise it just goes to the guys who... If it's, nominated, if it's nominated for 14 films, you could kind of, they're saying it's good everywhere. They kind of have to almost give it best film from that point of view, don't they? La it would be yeah. weird if they didn't because yeah. like Titanic and All About Eve who, yeah. which got that many yeah. got nine no they Titanic? both got 14 did it? oh no as in they both got 14 nominations oh, I'm yeah. they both got best picture yeah, it'd be just, yeah, it's a bit weird to say like oh yeah it's good in every category but it's not the, the it's not, it's not, it's not did Titanic film. win 11 of those <laughs> I think Titanic won 11 yeah. Yeah. and uh, Claire um, I'm just raging I haven't seen La La Land <laughs> <laughs> I don't know he's probably going to win <laughs> seeing what everyone else is saying <laughs> um, but I would love to see uh, yeah I'd love to see Barry Jenkins win or Den- uh, Denis Villeneuve I thought that was a great kind of stylized sci-fi but again I liked Kenneth Lagerman's direction mm. in Manchester by the Sea as well so okay well we're about to hit the two hour mark so let's try and get through this we've talked about pretty much every film at this point so we've nothing left uh, <laughs> here we are at the best picture um, I'll quickly just run through the nominees Arrival Fences Hacksaw Ridge Hell or High Water Hidden Figures La La Land Lion Manchester by the Sea and Moonlight uh, I think the one we probably spoke about least was Hidden Figures if I'm not mistaken Um mm. So would somebody like to, Richard, would you like to? No. Um, <laughs> it will win, and it shouldn't win. Uh, it shouldn't it's even be in best picture. Fi- I agree. I mean, I know why it is, but it's like it's fine. It's The actual source material is very interesting. It's an interesting story. It's well cast. They all have really good sort of on-screen chemistry together. They're fun to watch. Kevin Costner is there for some reason. It's just very bland. It's very biopic 101. It's very, I don't know. It Unengaging. It's all the right notes, yeah. right notes, and it does what it's what it's set out. But it feels kind of tele- to televisual too, though. Even yeah. like the CGI and the rockets stuff is very oh, BBC. And that end part where they're all like just looking at the TV. <laughs> it is. I was actually like, am I watching TV as opposed to a movie? But I did find some of the characters were just underdeveloped, and you have Taraji B Henson, who I just don't think she works as a intellectual. Uh, she might be a bit too. I don't know. What's she been in before? I, I She's in I um, that E4 series about the music industry. And she's also Empire? in Empire, Empire. And she's also in Kong Karate Kid. Right, okay. As <laughs> That's the two movies I can tell you that she was in previously. <laughs> the remake of Karate Kid. But I don't know. She doesn't really come across as that intellectual. And unless like hitting her glasses became this little mm. kind of nod to I am a smart person look I've got wear glasses or something it yeah. just seemed like li- li- I've just noticed that uh, Pharrell Williams is listed here as a producer so yeah in the bag I think mm. uh, Jed <laughs> will fences sorry, sorry I was Peter. just going to say surprisingly enough Hidden Figures is the third favourite to win 
Wow. I can see it taking it. Like it's 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 like after, the King's Speech like, thing. It's one of those films that isn't that great but still wins anyway. I no, genuinely put that at number nine. I put that as the worst. I think it's the ever. worst. <laughs> I don't think it should be in there. It's terrible. Sorry, okay. number eight after Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> really? No. After the that. first half of Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Jed, does Fences is Fences the best picture of the year? No. Uh, no, it's not the best film of the month. Okay. <laughs> okay. Great. Like it's it's not terrible. It's not inept, but like it. It's not very good. It's Denzel Washington directing himself. Mm-hmm. It's something that isn't adapted to make it into a movie. It's, you know, it's just not great. Okay, okay. For me, now, that the caveat there is it's been all universally acclaimed by every <laughs> reviewer. Mm. Uh, and I've seen a lot of people online who aren't film critics as well who genuinely love it, who it really worked for. Uh, and obviously it's got a bunch of Oscar nominations. So <laughs> a lot of people liked it. I think I'm in the minority there. Right. Uh, so if anyone's listening to this, just be aware that I'm a strange man with strange opinions. <laughs> yeah, well. Wait, what did you say? Hidden Figures is three, number is three. Number three, the third. Yeah. So we obviously have strange opinions as well. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, but Emer started watching Fences and couldn't, wasn't in the mood or wasn't wasn't working for you. You flicked on a current animals, I believe. You <laughs> well, what happened was I had just watched Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> Literally just finished. I was like, gotta get all these movies watched and yeah. threw on. The next one on that list was the last one on Best Picture and I put on Fences and it was on for 15 minutes. And Denzel Washington didn't stop talking for those 15 (laughs) minutes. And I actually didn't know what was happening because (laughs) I just, there was too much vocabulary just going in. I didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah, the thing is he doesn't, he never stops talking. Now for some people that really worked as in a lot of people were able to get this sense of, oh, there's a, a rhythm and a music to the dialogue and to the way people speak. I just thought like it, it was exhausting. And after that. Hacksaw Ridge, I was like, I'm not doing this. So I put on Nocturne yeah, Lambs instead. As Emer as said earlier, there's no breathing. He just talks he and just doesn't talks. stop to breathe. Which I th- well, I was, was saying, nice. I was saying, I, I think before we started rolling, uh, if I said this already while we're rolling, I apologize to the audience. <laughs> but uh, it Fences feels like, uh, you know, those uh, montages or the little clips they play when uh, they are calling out the nominees uh, mm. during the Oscars, mm. where every moment is someone with snot on their face crying right, yeah. or telling <laughs> a like meaningful the story. Like. <laughs> but the whole movie is that. It's just monologuing. Like, it's exhausting to watch, and it ends with a ludicrous nod. I've to heard the ending. Yeah, it sounds ridiculous. It's. <laughs> awful like there's a there's a weird moment at the end where you're like okay it's solid not for me and then it ends with this little minor miracle thing that comes in because American culture has an extra level of respect for anything that hints at religion (laughs) so they just hint at religion at the end and it's like oh fuck you (laughs) (laughs) Um, so Hacksaw Ridge Peter is is it not good enough to win best picture no, no, I really, really didn't like it. I, uh, I felt it was complete overkill the second half. It, the first half, it was just a ri- quite literally for the Japanese anyway. Yeah, <laughs> the first half it was just a ridiculous hour of filmmaking. It was right. just so twee and so fucking sentimental and just really hammed all that that fucking golden generation of people. Yeah, it was all oh shucks, Mister. I'm yeah. just a simple boy. <laughs> like it's God. just it hit apart from that one moment where a child bricks another child and almost kills that other child. Yeah. Like, that was but the one. Yeah. But isn't it not amazing that we're talking about a movie where like the screenplay has all this stuff, <laughs> but it still feels like a chocolate ad? Like, it still feels <laughs> like an ad for a Hovis or some shit. Yeah. Like. But like it reminded me a lot of American Sniper in that it was just trying to nail this American ideal the whole time. And whereas American Sniper was about killing people, okay, this turned out that it was about, you know, trying to be brave and save people. 
but like yeah the first half it was just terrible I felt second half I thought it was just overkill the representation of Japanese was just was so non-existent like it was I don't it just wasn't no not I for do me th- at all. to be fair I do think Mel Gibson is a crazy person so he makes interesting films <laughs> and it is an interesting movie in that sense like I do think this is a crazy person's view of pacifism in a time in a bloody conflict yeah Emer is Lion good enough to win no okay but it is very good um but like that when it's up against all these others I'd still put it ahead of Hidden Figures and ahead of Hacksaw Ridge and ahead of Arrival ooh controversial (laughs) well let's go to Arrival then who thinks Arrival has a good chance of, of winning well, I'd like it to win, but it won't yeah. win. Okay. Would you like to win over Moonlight? Mm, no, it's I suppose very not. Good, though, but. Yeah, I suppose not. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> is it? Is it a? Is it a, one of those that's a potential upset that people are like, all right, happy yeah. enough? No, I don't think there's any upset outside of Manchester by the Sea, Moonlight, or La La Land. I don't. Yeah, think, I can't three. see any of the other no. six. So Hell or High Water as well? No good. No. No, Heather Highwater is, is a good a, film, but it's... It's a good film. I'm just very surprised it's in there. Yeah, it's kind of neo-Western style stuff and it's a little bit, you know, it's well-written, it's a tight film and it's 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 well-acted out, but mm. like Moonlight, Heller Highwater versus Moonlight, you're talking <laughs> about two yeah. completely different leagues of, of film. You know, I only saw the trailer for Heller Highwater and all I got from it was that Chris Pine seemed too good looking for the role. <laughs> he is a very handsome <laughs> But man, if you were to say, okay, so... If you were to watch another one of these again, I'd watch Hell or High Water over Hacksaw Ridge, Hidden Figures, possibly Lion. So it has a place there. Mm. More for me, Hidden Figures is the one that really doesn't deserve it. But Hell or High Water, I would agree. I was surprised yeah. to see mm. it nominated because yeah, it's, it, more it's like, not. It's more like the other there. ones, you might not like them as much, but you're not surprised why they're there. Yeah, but yeah. this one, I'm surprised it's there, but it is good. Mm. And I would watch it probably again over some. I just but is rewatchability the mark? Like, I don't know. Sometimes that's the big question. I mean, like I've, I've watched the room movies. a bunch of times. <laughs> oh, like I've watched the room more than I've watched Raging Bull. Are you gonna, <laughs> watch, are you gonna watch the new movie about the room with James Franco uh, playing? No, maybe. I don't know. Oh, you talking about the room or room? The room, the room not the room. room. Oh, I assumed you were talking about their room. I was like, yeah. Yeah. but Jed also loved room, so. Yeah. yeah, I love it in my rooms. <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I love green room too. <laughs> I I think like I think Heller High Water deserves a place in the Oscars if Ben Foster was yes because yeah. for me that was the only like really good no it was a good film but I just think I definitely wouldn't have any qualms about Ben Foster being there for best I suppose he'd only be best supporting wouldn't he but, but like, even instead of Jeff picture. Bridges if Ben Foster yeah, was there yeah totally absolutely. That would make way more sense. Okay, so the top three, the big, sorry, not the top three, but the big three that, that are, I suppose, the favourites, uh, La La Land, Manchester by the Sea and Moonlight. Well, actually, um, Peter, let's uh, let's see, are they are they the favourites according to uh, Mr. Paddy Power? Mr. Power says that La La Land is the favourite to win. Moonlight is second favourite. As we said, Hidden Figures, for some reason, oh, okay. is the third favourite and Manchester by the Sea is I could see forward. that taking it because like, it did... Hidden Massive figures. box office, yeah, in in America, and the online perception of it is, is it's this great film for some reason. And it's well, I mean, okay, it has one incredible... thing about hidden figures is that it does in the kind of current climate, it does mm. highlight 
issues to do with race and segregation mm-hmm. and um, but it doesn't trouble. do anything about it. No, well, it, it does. You see, Kevin, Kevin Costner, Costner fixes everything. He breaks he a sign with a crowbar. The whole world. <laughs> I mean, there's just this moment. She's so calm throughout the whole movie, and then there's just this outbreak yeah. about the toilet that does seems just out of character her, as well. It was just like her nomination. Clip. That's her big piece, and it's like yeah. this is it, and also it's out of place. And but then you've got those boxes. Is what I'm exactly. saying. No, it's that very it cynically appropriate to win. Yeah, it ticks all those boxes. I did. I, I imagine that's why it's kind of so high up on the in the odds. Because it's simplified. Is is it's it possible that like last year's Oscar So White hashtag could go against something like La La Land or Manchester by the Sea that are that are very white? Mm. I would prefer to go towards a great film like Moonlight. Yeah, yes. it is because yeah. why would you go towards Hidden Figures? It's not a good film. As right. it's not made well, the story's not told well, and it simplifies issues that are not as simple as mm. they make it out. Like, like lo- destroying a, it's all fine, we're just going to destroy this uh, but toilet okay, If you talk about the Oscar so white from last year, what films came out last year that absolutely should have been in the best picture category? It's hard to kind of pick them. If Moonlight came out last year, without doubt it would be in the, in the best mm. picture. Moonlight is one of mm. the best films of the last five years. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. It definitely deserves to be there, and I hope that it, it that it will win it out. But like, yeah, La La Land is definitely the whitest film we're ever going to see, and I think that's gonna that's gonna resonate. I think. Like well, a, I think it, 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 it will feel like an extra kick in the balls as well if it's really the film about a fucking white jazz enthusiast who knows jazz better than the black guy. Who's <laughs> yeah. ruining jazz with its modern yeah. sensibilities? That's also a strange thing in that movie. I know we were talking about screenplay, but just. It doesn't feel quite as tight as Whiplash, even on mm. a th- like a thematic level. Where like Whiplash has its own thesis that you can agree or disagree with, but mm-hmm. it presents it very well and coherently. Whereas like, uh, I I guess spoilers for La La Land, it has this weird thing where uh, I can't remember the Ryan Gosling's character's friend's name, uh, who says, uh, "Oh, you you know you're obsessed with jazz." John Legend. Yeah, you're obsessed with these previous revolutionaries, but you're obsessed with the past. Like you need to revolutionize. You're not going to be a revolutionary if you're yeah. a traditionalist. But then he's wrong because his music's shit. So Brian Gosling <laughs> just goes off and sets up and sets up an old school jazz club. But it's like a successful a, old school jazz. Yeah, club. and Wait, it's and, and it's weird that like the whole thing because it feels like it's taking him at face value when he says that line, mm. and then for it to be proven wrong, you're like, wait. So I guess the message was just keep eulogizing the past which actually is very la 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 it's a drawback to all the old the old classic Hollywood stuff as well like, so. yeah but what happens in between that is when he says that to uh, what's it Ryan Gosling um, Ryan Gosling makes a choice to actually disregard all the past stuff and join the band and make loads of money off it and there is a moment in the movie where you are like oh he's he is just going to be this guy who doesn't revisit the past jazz uh, cafe idea and he's just going to make loads of money it leads to the whole yeah but then he abandons that he leaves it to her and sets up an old school jazz band eventually though but that's like years later if he if he had never been in that successful band he wouldn't have been able to afford the club so you gotta sell out but I think with La La Land, you got to sell out to make the money <laughs> to, to do what you want to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. Which is also something he <laughs> doesn't yeah, say, and that she doesn't seem to understand when the movie makes them break up. <laughs> yes. Like when they just have a fight, and like he doesn't go, "Yeah, but I need to make money first. Yeah. And she doesn't go, "I understand. We don't live in a fucking <laughs> yeah. socialist society." Like. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't understand that. To me, it seemed like he should just go to Paris. There are a few little things <laughs> like that. that <laughs> 
But I think if you that, take that a, bring it down a little bit, if you take the razzle dazzle out of La La Land, which is all those sequences, which probably make up thirty minutes of the movie, we'll say. Mm-hmm. If you take all that stuff out, there's not really a solid story. I know that's what the big backlash to La La Land yeah. is, that there's not this uh, solid story behind it. Mm. Um, like the dance sequences and everything are brilliant and they're but well done, but I, I mean, don't what hold, do they serve? Hmm. But I don't hold truck with this argument of if you take the razzle-dazzle out of a movie, I know, I know, what's yeah. left? Because <laughs> movies are a fucking razzle-dazzle. <laughs> yeah. Like it's when people were like, oh, but if you take all the fucking cinematography and cool music out of Drive, what's left? Yeah, and you're like, yeah. a fucking blank screen. Like, who gives a shit? It's a movie. <laughs> I know, but like he made the choice to make it a musical. Yeah, well, he definitely makes the, the choice. story like, I mean, is lighter. The singing, at, yeah. what does the singing slightly puts forward the narrative as it goes forward? We'll say like it, it serves the narrative a little bit, but it doesn't. I don't think it adds a huge amount to it. Okay, now I'm not a musical fan, you know, from the outset, but. But I think what you're saying, when just when you were saying about if you took the razzle dazzle out, what do you get out of it? And what people have gotten out of it is an escape. So I mm. think what this is riding on is mm. a cinematic experience as opposed to an amazing film. So people gone in there and enjoyed it and left with this like elation in a way because it's it's so happy. <laughs> it's like singing yeah. and dancing in the street. And I did read somewhere that in the current climate in America, because everything's so terrible there right now, that this is like what they're looking for. Escape in the mm. cinema as opposed to the art of the cinema. So you've well, got Moonlight, which is facing the reality in this beautiful piece of film. And then you've got escapism in La La Land. So that's literally like what they're balancing out here. Well, yeah, I think it's like La La Land. It's a little like I look, I like La La Land a lot. And we're talking about the razzle dazzle and the escapism of it. I was so swept up in it that moments were happening that happened in the trailer. And I was surprised by them because I was so in the director's hands and I'd forgotten that he'd already shown me that it's that good. But at the same time, yeah, like it feels a little bit like the artist in that it is a movie about how great avant-garde art is once it's a century old and not avant-garde anymore. Uh, and also in terms of escapism, a little bit like Slumdog Millionaire, which happened at the beginning of the financial crisis. And it was just about it did really well because it was a poor kid just being handed a big pile of money out yeah. of nowhere. That one like, best picture, didn't it? Uh, it did, yeah. I did it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah it did so when well. you look at the climate then... Yeah, I'm gonna if I was to put money on it, I'm gonna go with La La Land. But that's a hidden oh. figure to take it, I think. Hidden figures to take it for that exact reason. That's some moment in there. Yeah. It's just that I just like La La Land I can go, yeah, if it wins, I can understand it because yeah. it it is a great piece of mm-hmm. film. Oh, it's going to win. But <laughs> if, if, if hidden it's figures It's probably going to win. Yeah. Now that I know hidden figures is number three, I will be as angry as I was in 1998 when Chaser fell off. What happened in 98? Chaser in love with Best Bitch. What's the odds? I don't think Gwyneth Paltrow would best You keep ending like Vietnam like 98 man. Yeah, it's like when I was up on Hacksaw Ridge that time. Well I was I was annoyed when the artist won and I feel like La La Land's a similar kind of gimmick but I liked the artist but it was I liked it as well. It wasn't Best Picture of the Year. Who was it up against that year? So yeah quickly the year that the artist was nominated also nominated were The Descendants uh, the artist extremely loud and incredibly close oh fuck <laughs> Moneyball Midnight in Paris War Horse The Tree of Life Hugo and The Help in hindsight oh, not a great year <laughs> no not a great year for what got nominated but for what came out it was a good year yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. anyway so let's go around the table and get everybody's um, the wishes and the wills of uh, of, uh, of the best picture for 2017 um, Jed I'll start with you best picture Which I'd love to see Moonlight win uh, I'd be happy enough if Manchester by the Sea won. Uh, La La Land, I think, is great, 
but I don't think it deserves it. And it's, it's, I do think it's kind of a hard call because like La La Land is fucking fantastic. Uh, but I don't think it's going to age as well as Moonlight. Uh, so I think Moonlight should take it, but I think it's La La Land's year. It's just going to, it's just going to win. Okay. Eamon? Exactly the same because I just realised we haven't really spoken about Manchester by the Sea as a best picture. Like, as in, mm. we've spoken about it loads, but in terms of that, I was between Moonlight or La La Land and then I would actually be happy if Manchester by the Sea won as well and Moonlight. I'm really torn, but yeah, I think La La Land will run away with it. But Moonlight and Manchester Sea are great films. All the rest of them will have should not win and please <laughs> let Hidden Figures not win. Okay. <laughs> Claire? Yeah, I think Manchester by the Sea was a great film. I think it was really nice to see something really stripped back and still work really well. Yeah, it's not show off at all. No, not at all. It's very like you could have made that film on a very, very, very small budget had it not been for the like very decent cast. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that and was the, the house most burning expensive effect. thing. Yeah. yeah, and the and the pyrotechnics. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, and the CGI stormtroopers in the background. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd love to see Moonlight win. I think it was amazing, and I haven't seen anything like it before. Um, but I'm sure La La Land's going to get it just the way it's going Richard? Uh, yeah like undeservedly La La Land will win it I'd love to see Arrival or Moonlight or Manchester by the sea win it but <laughs> it'll be La La Land Peter? Yeah I think Moonlight for me is definitely the film of the year um, La La Land like I'm not I'm not a musical fan and I know it's escapism everything like that Moonlight is kind of more of a socially adept story it's more emotionally involving than La La Land I, I cared a lot more about Chiron than I cared about any of the characters in La La Land mm. um, it's a much more I think it's just a phenomenal film all around in terms of all the aspects of it I think Moonlight's going to win I'm going to go for Moonlight should win and Moonlight will win cool very I nice d- I do think when you read out the 20 uh, sorry 2012 nominees mm-hmm. compared to that year this is an incredibly <laughs> strong yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, and yeah. like Hacksaw I know, we, pretty good now, isn't it? Well, like <laughs> we started off saying, like, oh god, these are all very Oscar-y But when you read out that fucking list of <laughs> yeah, films, yeah. I was like, Jesus, this looks like the best year ever. So, does anybody have any closing thoughts? Just when you mentioned Spotlight winning Best Picture last year, it kind of leads me towards thinking Manchester by the Sea might be in with a good win, mm, yeah. only because it's kind of got that same somber tones it's just a nice like story but it doesn't cool. kind of go anywhere yeah, yeah but I think in 5-10 years time I think if you look back at the Oscars of 2017 Moonlight's going to be a standout film yeah. right yeah La like might very Oscars. well win but Moonlight of yeah. those 9 films Moonlight mm-hmm. is, is the film okay that's the most important I think it'll be another one add to the it's list of what should have won and what yeah. won it's mm. definitely the most important film mm. okay but even important it's just fucking it's great great to watch yeah. like it's to close it off, experience. we've got some very quick fire questions that you all have to just shout out answers oh, to. <laughs> okay. How many people are going to denounce Trump even if they don't name him in their speeches? Seventeen. <laughs> I was gonna seventeen as well. I'll say I'll say eight instead. <laughs> Wait, how many categories in total? I'm gonna go <laughs> Well if Meryl Streep wins, you know what's gonna fucking happen. So. I'd go two. Two, okay. Well I think nice. the Oscars they like to keep their mouths shut a little bit. Not yeah, this year. Not as much no, but he's shouting at them now, so they'll shout back. Yeah, the host yeah. is definitely going to do it. Who's hosting? Two categories. Jimmy uh, mm. Mm. That's another one of my questions. Jimmy Kimmel, the host, will he be a hero or a villain the next day? Neither. A hero? He's nothing. kind of likable, isn't he? 
Yeah, yeah, he's like a movie. You'll be a shade wandering through the netherworld. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, is it it's Jimmy Kimmel's first ever time doing it? I don't think he's going to ruffle too many feathers. No. Yeah. He's very PG. It was Chris Rock last year. Yeah. And he was great. He was, yeah. When he went down to it was the great neighborhood going, was... hey, this movie is uh, nominated. And they were like, what the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make you think of La La Land when you're saying it's <laughs> movie. It's like, it's be going down there going, have you seen La La Land? They'd be like, no. <laughs> who, will, who will make the speech that goes viral? Uh, if oh. if Ashgar Fahadi wins for I Best Foreign it. Film and someone comes in his stead, I imagine that's oh, going yeah. to be political because okay. he ha- he uh, is Iranian and it was when Trump tried to bring in the travel ban, Ashgar Fahadi wouldn't have been allowed in in case he blew oh. someone up. <laughs> uh, and then he said, well, I'm, I, I don't want to go anyway. And then even now that judges have said Trump, that travel ban's illegal, Ashgar Fahadi said, I'm still not going. <laughs> so I actually think that probably has actually improved the chances of winning the fact that it's a protest vote yeah okay uh, so I think if he deliver if someone comes in his stead to pick that up it'll probably be a political speech which could go very mm. viral mm-hmm. and it'd be great to see co- someone just call Donald Trump uh, for the stupid pig child that he is Maher Shalah Ali made a great speech did he? yeah at the Golden Globes I think right, okay. okay Peter Denzel Denzel, oh, okay. he's been he's been oh, he's banging his chest an awful yeah. lot. Yeah. If he wins best actor or best director, no, he's not for us. If he wins best actor, he'll be up there and he'll fucking but let's he'll hope say he something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and if Mel wins, whoa, that'll be quite the speech. Oh, well, sure. like, yes, Trump. Well, Who is going to fall over? Oh. Emma Stone. Okay, yeah, she's Emma so likable and normal. <laughs> yeah, <Emma Stone. laughs> I think Jennifer Lawrence is just gonna be stumbling around anyway. <laughs> yeah. She's up for nothing. And who's going to be the sad loser meme the next day? Barry Jenkins, God bless him. Yeah. Casey Affleck. Yeah? If Casey Affleck does a win best actor, that's here. He'll, he'll do another one like his face. brother. <laughs> you know, yeah, when he was doing the Superman. Remember, Mike, remember uh, Michael Keaton at uh, Birdman? Oh, he he speech. took, yeah. took yeah. the speech back in. <laughs> in terms of the best directors, best actors, everything like that, it's not, there's none of the big heavyweights really is there of Hollywood. Like there's no Scorsese or mm. Clint Eastwood True. or any of them. Yeah, yeah. No Scorsese is surprising. Because I didn't yeah. much care for Silence, but it's a very directed, very directed movie, and like it's a passion project of his. And yeah. like I think there's going to be a lot of first-time winners at the Oscars this yeah, year, yeah. which is that's, good. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you're all great. Well done, everybody. We got through it. Uh, Richard Drum, Peter Morris, Jed Murray, Emer Gavin, and Claire Byrne. You can all pat yourselves on the back and give yourselves a round of applause. That's the end of the podcast. Do we have to clap? Yay. No, you don't have to clap. <laughs> yeah, clap. <okay. laughs> So that was our podcast. Um, thanks again for listening, um, for downloading, um, and for staying subscribed while we have been on hiatus. Uh, uh, as you can see from the Headstuff Podcast Network, we have been very busy with podcasts. Um, we've had we have a fair few new podcasts since uh, since we've last done a Headstuff podcast, um, which you should uh, check out. Um, we now have seven other podcasts, um, so I'll give them all a quick uh, quick mention here. Uh, we have Garod Farley's Fascinated, we have Juvenalia, No Encore, uh, The Alison Spittle Show, we have Reviewables, uh, Our Sexual History, and Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. Um, I am... Uh, a big fan of all of those podcasts. We only accept uh, um, podcasts that we think are really good onto the network, so um, they're all worth giving a listen to. Um, and we have more on the way, so watch this space. 
so we we will be doing something else with this podcast um and when we when we're certain of what that is we'll we'll be sure to let you know so thanks for listening to this one hope you enjoy it and actually we're going to put out uh, a bonus from this episode as well in, in the next few days uh, we recorded for nearly three hours so we cut out quite a bit of it um, so thanks again to Jed Murray, Emer Gavin, Claire Byrne, Peter Morris and Richard Drum and thanks to you, stay subscribed and we'll have more cool stuff coming soon thanks, goodbye This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network 